try that again. I punched my mic. I put my mic in a new spot, so I hopefully punch it less, and so far not off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. Week 15 is mercifully over, Mike. Yes, holy mackerel. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is the last thing you want going into your playoffs or having your playoff week is is this kind of just disaster of key players being out for COVID, just players being out for COVID, and just, just rotten, horrible games. I mean, it started well. Thursday night football was a fantastic game, but oh my goodness, the rest of the week was just horrible. But the Colts won, so that's good. Yeah, uh, I got my COVID booster on Monday afternoon, and uh, it uh, put me on my rear end for a couple days. And it was like watching these games, it was like, you know what, I would rather take a, take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> just, I kept falling asleep during these, these Monday and Tuesday games, and it doesn't sound like I missed much. No, no, you didn't. In fact, I I, I would have um, recommended everybody to take a nap through these games. So uh, if you want to feel, Mike, how long week 15 was, uh, Urban Meyer was fired one week ago today. Dang. Right? It, it feels like that was years ago. It does feel like years ago. It, de- yeah. it definitely doesn't feel like a week ago at all. Uh, yeah. And yeah. as we're recording this less than a week, because he was fired at, at 930 Pacific. Uh, it's just wild, but, um, I guess he right. got kicked out of the building, right? Yeah. He got booted and it was, uh, yeah, I'm, let's just get, get into this, Mike. Uh, oh, real quick. Did you, any bad beats, any good advancements, any, any COVID rage you need to get off your chest? No, actually I, I, I either had a bye week, uh, good or bad. Um, and I only had, two two games that i had to play um and i won both so nice i i I, what really helped me is i have travis kelsey in a lot of leagues so that'll do it um that really helped and in one league i had travis kelsey and tyreek hill so that was a, a really fun situation for me yeah i would say that helps um yeah, let, let me just, uh, so my home league, IDP league, uh, it's hard to win when Russell Gage outscores Miles Garrett, Derwin James, Najee Harris, Rob Gronkowski combined. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's brutal. That's I was pre- Yeah, I, I undershot my projection. This is a high points league, but I undershot my projection by 50 points. Yeah, no doubt, because every one of those guys just takes. Yeah, Garrett got hurt. Uh, Derwin got hurt, Gronk tanked, uh, Najee tanked. It was just one of those weeks where just nothing goes right. And I started Taysom Hill. Luckily, starting Taysom Hill didn't kill me because I lost by so much. But yeah, watching Russell Gage in person torch my team was not fun. And this guy, man, this guy's going to get blasted out of the next round. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got Harrison Butker. He's got um, Austin Eckler, who's hurt, or who's got... uh, Oh, he was not playing. He got COVID. That's right. <sighs> All right, Mike, that's enough complaining. My <laughs> season's over in that league. But Chris Gobot rages on in the uh, Discord uh, league where I missed the draft. Uh-huh. Uh, I made it to the second round of the playoffs. So, nice. Yeah, Chris Gobot rages on. So um, 
glad to uh glad to keep uh breaking people's brains with uh with Chris Gobot. <laughs> Don't even have to draft. Just nope. sit there and win. All you have to do is have the computer draft Jonathan Taylor for you and you can just cruise to victory. Yeah, and not draft him over um, you know, Alvin Kamara or <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, th- th- this is the trouble that you get into when you avoid players from your own team because you don't want to get stuck into that situation. Um, yeah, if, if only someone drafted Aaron Jones, I would have drafted Jonathan Taylor, and I would be in the playoffs right now in my home league. And yeah, okay, that's enough of my set. So all right, sorry, tell. <laughs> Let's get into the games, Mike. We got a we got a lot to cover. Luckily, a lot of these games sucked and didn't matter because they were COVID games filled with COVID players, so we don't have to worry about them. Um, so let's start with uh, Chiefs Chargers back on Thursday. Since we recorded on Thursday afternoon, we didn't get a chance to review this. Possibly the best game this week, I would say. Maybe um, Packers Ravens actually was a good game too, but. Um, Chiefs win this one 34 to 28 in overtime. Uh, it was a great game for fantasy. Mike mentioned Tyree kill Travis Kelsey smashed the doors off 10 for 191 for Kelsey two scores, including the game winner Tyree kill 12 for 148 and one. They combined for 26 targets. Mahomes had four, 10, three and one kicked in 32, um, uh, rushing yards. Uh, Austin Eckler left because of an injury and now he has COVID. So, It's not looking great for him to play in week 16. Um, And also Tyreek Hill and Harrison Butker have both been placed on the COVID list, as have Travis Kelsey after this game. But during this game, uh, things worked out well for almost everybody you would have started in this game. Austin Eckler, he he got you um, over or he got you just about 90 yards, but he got you four catches. So you can't be too mad about that. Keenan Allen scored a touchdown. The only real disappointment in this game, I would say, from guys who started was... Clyde Edwards Alaire, because even Justin Herbert had himself a pretty decent game, 236, 2 and 1, and a rushing touchdown. So I would say the only guy you're pretty mad at in this one is CEH. Yeah, CEH is the only one that kind of failed in this offense that was just totally explosive. Well, both offenses were explosive. Yeah. Um, and, and if you started Mike Williams in some capacity, that kind of hurts you as well. But yeah, everybody. That's on, that, yeah, that's on you for having to start Mike Williams, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you're if you're in that situation, then there's a reason for it. But um, everybody that you're you're pushing the definite button to start um, turned out pretty well outside of CEH. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. I don't know if there's much to talk about with this game. Everybody who you wanted to smash, smashed. Um, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, we'll talk about them on Friday's episode, which we're recording Thursday afternoon. Um, insider just, secrets. Insider secrets, yeah. Um, I don't know how big of a secret it'll be since we won't talk about Niners, Titans. But, um, yeah, I mean, everybody came through big for you in the first round of the playoffs, except for Mike Williams and CEH. So, um, CEH going forward. Let's see who he has here in the next couple of weeks. He's got the Steelers and the Bengals. So, um, I mean, is he a guy that we can, it's so hard to say, like, is he a guy that we can start because we don't know who's getting COVID. Like <laughs> it was yeah, so, it was true. so hard to write the drop candidates this week because it was like, don't drop anybody. Everybody could have COVID. So, right. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So you're like, okay, well, Mike Williams is probably a drop candidate, but if Keenan Allen gets COVID or something, then you can't yeah. really drop Mike Mike Williams or other players that 
you know, you might have just above Mike Williams. You can't, you know, um, you can't drop Mike Williams in case those couple of players above Mike Williams has COVID. You just, it's, it's a no-win situation. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, you got to hang on to players. I This is very much, I think, a dance with who brung you sort of year, where it's just like, don't go dropping guys who helped you get here because you think somebody might have a good matchup because then you might get screwed. It's definitely a very play it safe year now because of all the COVID. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I mean, it's it's so rampant that I'm even thinking like we we just talk about about it like they don't have COVID. You know what I mean? Unless unless of course a player actually has COVID. So if Austin Eckler has COVID, then we won't talk about him not you know having COVID. But if he doesn't, then you know, there's always a chance. It's so rampant that you, you, it's almost like we should just talk about it that as they don't have it um, unless they do. Yeah. So speaking of guys that do have COVID, let's talk about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm not looking to any tight ends on just real quick on the Chiefs, but Miko Harbin in games without uh, Tyreek Hill, only three catches for 55 yards per game. Not really something I'm super interested in either. Um, I had to pick him up in the Crisco bot league, but that's because I was kind of, I'm kind of stuck. My wide receivers are the problem in that league. So, um, not super. I probably would have gone Byron Pringle over, uh, McCall Hardman. Well, it's just Pringle. I don't know. Pringle feels, so it feels like Pringle has a role and that role stays the same, whether or not, uh, Tyreek Hill is in or out. And it just feels like he has this, like, he has a different role than Michael Hardman, whereas Michael Hardman feels more like the direct, Tyreek Hill replacement because that's why they drafted him in the second round because they thought Tyreek Hill was going to face a suspension and they might end up cutting him so feels more like he's the direct replacement that's true uh, I, I mean what you're saying is true but I think Byron Pingrel is I mean it's probably not even differential of like two points yeah exactly I, I think it's a whole lot of doesn't matter yeah it, it really doesn't matter yeah okay all right, uh, so let's move on to the next one, because this game was a long time ago. Everybody in it has COVID. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the next game, and I'm stalling because my uh, Google Chrome crashed. All right, here we go. Next game, it was supposed to be uh, Browns Raiders, but that got pivoted to Monday, so it's Patriots Colts. And as Mike mentioned, Colts win this one 27 to 17, and honestly, it wasn't that close. It was... Uh, 20 to nothing and after the first three quarters and um, the Colts kind of let the Patriots mount a comeback. But in the end, it was uh, it was more or less um, a statement victory, I would say, for the Colts, because people were talking spicy about the uh, Patriots potentially being a um, a playoff t- or like a number one overall seed. And the Colts just dominated them from, you know, from nose to tail. So. Um, in terms of injuries for this game, um, Ryan Kelly, center for the Colts, missed the game um, because of, quote, a personal matter. So he missed some time with COVID, but he's off of that list. For the Patriots, after the game, Kendrick Bourne went on COVID IR. Um, but uh, And uh, Damian Harris missed the game. But other than that, no real injuries to note. So um, Ramondre Steven season did not come through as planned, um, no. which makes sense because the Colts have a really good run defense. And um, the Patriots just still tried to run it, and it just didn't end up working. Uh, Hunter Henry Hunter Henry came through for you in this one. But, um, I mean, the player of the game is, again, once again, Jonathan Taylor. 
Yeah. Uh, once again, uh, in the top 12, I believe, yeah, number two. Overall, once again, um, this makes like the 10th straight game or something like that. He's been in the top 12, which is just insane for anybody, regardless of the position. Uh, so it's all Jonathan Taylor uh, and Carson Wentz comes in and he, he doesn't have to do anything. Five for 12. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you really don't need to do much. You don't need to put the ball in the quarterback's hand when you have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and that's I wrote to cut Carson Wentz because he's been hanging around, and it's it's it basically the gist of it was it's it's Carson Wentz isn't this bad, but he's been uh, four of the last five games he's been quarterback twenty or worse because yeah. they don't need him to do anything. Exactly. I mean, look at these pass attempts these last uh, four games: twenty, forty-four, which was that Tampa Bay shootout, um, twenty, forty-four, twenty-two, and twelve. It's just like they don't need him to do anything, so he's not doing anything. And this is a good example of how statistics lie because it's he's I mean, he struggled against New England, but it's I mean, all the other games before that, except outside of the Tampa Bay game, um, he's been a really, really good quarterback. Um, I mean, more than I think a lot of people thought, including myself, would mm-hmm. be. And um, it, it's really they don't. But because they don't need to use him, then his he looks bad on uh, upon statistical numbers. But it's just the opposite in his case. Yeah, it's he doesn't need to do much. It's um, you know, when it's it's the same thing that that the 49ers under Jim Harbaugh had Alex Smith do. Alex Smith was a much better quarterback with Jim Harbaugh than he had been previously. He just didn't seem like it because he wasn't getting any stats. He didn't need to do anything like. He completed 18 of 19 passes the game before he got Wally Phipps by Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> so it was like, wow. so yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So um, next week, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to start any Patriot. They have the bills next week. And I have a feeling that the bills are going to um, make an example out of them uh, because the bills are actually, the bills have been kind of uh, shedding points against uh, running backs lately. They have um, like they, Amir Abdullah scored some points and Leonard Fournette before that. They they've gotten a lot worse uh, allowing the run. They they were really strong up to like week I don't know ten or nine, <laughs> and now they just teams are gashing them through the run. So I'm okay with starting Ramondre Stevenson if, as long as Damian Harrison is, is not involved. But if they're both involved, then you can just skip it because they're just going to sh- share the pie. Okay, and so um, is Jonathan Taylor the only Colt worth rostering in standard leagues with Michael Pittman kind of falling off the face of the earth? Michael Pittman left this game with a – he got in a fight. Actually, let me rephrase that. Michael Pittman got the snot beat out of him, and then he got kicked out of the game. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much that's exactly what happened. I don't even know why he got involved in that garbage, but – That's the thing. He did this normal shove, you know, and then the Colt – or the – Patriots defender just lost his mind, ripped his helmet off and beat him up. And then Michael Pittman got thrown out, thrown out. And he's like, what did I do? Um, but it was a good call, especially in this, these kind of games, you don't want to get things out of hand and it was brewing. Um, so it was a good call by the referee to make sure both sides got their, their warning that we're not going to tolerate this stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't trust any pass catcher on the Colts, any of them. Yeah. 
Um, because you could have a 12 pass effort again at any point. Exactly. And yeah. it, it's or even a 20, you know, it's none of these are going to really be beneficial for your wide wide receivers, tight ends. Not that you would start Jack Doyle or Mo Alley Cox mm-hmm. or Kylan Granson for that matter. But, um, yeah, it's it's only Jonathan Taylor that that's a viable start in this offense. Yeah. And after three great weeks against the Niners, the, the Titans and the Jets, three of the worst teams against the pass, um, he has been. uh Oh, hold on. I have standard on. Let me switch this over to PPR. He was he hasn't been inside the top 30 um, since week nine. So 31, 73, 41. I'm sorry. He had 17 against the Texans. I take that back. And then New England, he was wide receiver 101. Uh, They get the Cardinals next week. So if you're in a bind, I guess you could start him as a wide receiver three. But I don't want to. Um, There's a lot of I don't want to, but I may be forced to in these recommendations. Yeah, exactly. If if you're forced to, then it's not like. It's not miserable. You're not like throwing out Zach Pascal out there, or, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> Nikhil Harry. Uh, hey, he had a good catch. He did have a good catch. You he actually Nikhil showed up alone. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where okay, if I have to pick among Zach Pascal, Nikhil Harry, or Michael Pittman, I'm okay with going with Michael Pittman. But it, as long as you're not in that situation, he's a total void. Yeah, he's dropped to like. Christian Kirk territory where it's like, yeah, if you're stuck, you can start him, but you really don't want to, um, you know, that, well, Christian Kirk actually has done better. Uh, I was going to say, I, I'd probably rather even go yeah, with Christian Kirk. Christian, Christian Kirk. I forgot with the DeAndre Hopkins injury, but earlier in the year, the Christian early in the year. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You're just like, yeah, he's definitely that Kirk guy where without DeAndre Hopkins, um, he's okay. But with DeAndre Hopkins, you're just like, Oh man, yeah. I guess the Cardinals have a pretty explosive offense. Maybe he'll catch a couple passes. Maybe he'll score. Um, okay, I'll go with that. But outside of that, you're just like, nah, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. All right, let's move on to the next game, Mike. So we got Panthers-Bills. Buffalo 31, uh, Panthers 14, uh, Buffalo's 8-6. and six. The Panthers are 5-9. and nine. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was a, uh, injured before the game. He was a scratch. Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. Um, we will save all the laughing at Cole Beasley for the Friday. <laughs> um, but uh, COVID Beasley, baby. COVID Beasley, yeah. It's just, come on, man. Um, it's hard to like single him out when everybody has COVID, but it's like you knew this was gonna happen. It's just right. like, you know, it's um, uh, it, it's like in comedy, like it got set up like months ago, and now it's coming to pass. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, in this game, the only real injury for the Panthers was Zane Gonzalez uh, injured himself in warmups uh, and he wouldn't play. He's been placed on injured reserve. How are you going to get hurt in warmups and end, and end your year? He must have torn something, um, but uh, it just says hamstring. But um, I think in this one, the Cam Newton ride is over. I mean, let's see. Let's see where he where he ranked this week. Um, he had a pretty good game. He had a decent game, but it's like this feels like his upside. Uh, let's see. Oh, stats. This is, yeah, this is you're not going to get much more than this. Oh, he was he was quarterback four. OK, so uh, I guess the Cam Newton ride isn't over. Let's talk about that, though. So the Panthers next week get this, the Bucks and the Saints. So you might actually be able to ride Cam Newton into a, your fantasy championship. I don't want to, but you might be able to. Yeah, against the Saints. I don't know, but um 
Yeah, I mean, he he did well against Buffalo as far as, you know, running, got a touchdown, threw a pick. I mean, this is typical Cam Newton kind of garbage um, play that you're going to get out of what he is today. Um, One one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, and one interception sounds, I mean, yeah, yeah. that that sounds like a uh, uh, um, Cam Newton line. But uh, also, Mike, they have been, so yes, the Saints have not been good against uh, quarterbacks this year, but they have been getting gashed by rushing quarterbacks. Um, Jalen Hurts, 18 for 69 and three touchdowns. Uh, Josh Allen, 8 for 43. Taylor Heineke, 5 for 40. Um, Matt Jones had 28 rushing yards against them. So, um, it, yeah, it's just these straight-up quarterbacks. I think that's um, that's that they're stopping. I think it's because they have a great pass rush. Um, you know, that defensive line is very strong, and then they have a, a pretty good secondary. But they play a lot of man, I believe. So that, that definitely, you know, the guys get their backs turned, and then the rushing quarterbacks take off. So... I'm not saying Cam's going to do particularly well, but I'm saying, you know, he probably is worth starting against the Saints. Yeah, uh, if, if they, if, like you mentioned, struggle against um, running quarterbacks, that's what Cam Newton does best. That's what he's always done best is run. So uh, I agree. He he could definitely put up these kind of numbers once again against the Saints. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't matter if he's good at football. All that matters is if he's good at fantasy football. Absolutely. Well, you know his his football days are definitely over, but uh, his fantasy football days are, you know, depending on the matchup, and that's a good matchup against the Saints, could be top, you know, top five uh, quarterback on the week. Yep. So um, let's talk about the running backs here in Carolina, Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. This is what I want to do with them. I don't want to touch either one. I want to go hands off. Four for 48 from Abdullah with a touchdown. Um Chuba Hubbard, eight for 40, uh, kicked in one reception for one yard. It's just, I I don't know. Uh, Amir Abdullah, he doesn't get, he's not good enough at rushing for his passing stats to matter. And Chuba Hubbard isn't good enough at at rushing to overcome the fact that Amir Abdullah is getting the passing downs work. And then you have Cam Newton running 15 times. So yeah. it's it's almost like you're the second or third fiddle on the on the Ravens. And yeah, Cam Newton had more than half of their rush attempts. So, yeah, exactly. And I don't when, when you have that situation, you kind of just want to stay away from it. And at least the Baltimore Ravens have a good offense. So you could probably you, you can almost feel good about putting Devontae Freeman out there just because, A, he's getting most of the load. But the Ravens have a solid offense. Carolina's offense is just putrid. So yeah. it's one of those things where not only sharing the pie, but it's not a very good tasting pie as well. <laughs> it's sharing the the fruitcake from last Christmas. Instead of <laughs> yeah, the pie. exactly. All right, let's talk about the Bills, Mike. So we got Devin Singletary. He has taken over this backfield. 22 carries, um, one target. He totaled 96 yards and a score. Um, I mean, the problem with the Bills was always there's too many mouths to feed. And it looks like they've stopped feeding all the other mouths. So they've got the Patriots next week. They got the Falcons in week 17, uh, the fantasy finals. So, I mean, given what running back looks like, you can fire i think devin singletary might be a must start if he's getting 20 carries a game yeah uh volume alone uh mm-hmm. he, he will catch some passes out of the backfield he didn't what did he catch well, he only caught one this week but he, he six is, last he, week six last week so he yeah. is a capable pass catcher um he's not the greatest but he is someone that could catch anywhere between one and six passes mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, without Zach Moss. Uh, obviously, they've soured on Zach Moss for whatever reasons, whether he's in the doghouse. Because or, he's not good. <laughs> and, or he's just not good. Um, he's obviously not better than Devin Singletary. And I never understood why they drafted Zach Moss in the first place. But it's one of those things where Singletary is good in volume-wise, could score a touchdown. And if he's, uh, you know, playing, he's not in your lineup, I will definitely fire him up just because – the Buffalo Bills offense is really good. They are going to get down near the goal line. They are going to give Devin Singletary a chance to score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very good in short line de- uh, offense. Maybe that's why they tried Zach Moss, but they obviously said, okay, well, you're not that good at what we drafted you for. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I, I'm I'm good for Devin Singletary to finish anywhere between RB2 and flex numbers. Yeah, and I think they drafted Zach Moss to be like a hammer, and then they realized they have Josh Allen, who is uh, way better at being a hammer. <laughs> and so they just kept running Josh Allen at the goal line instead of Zach Moss. Yeah, and and Josh Allen is not only better too, but he can do multiple things. He can, mm-hmm. you know, if if the defense covers, you know, wide which is kind of hard to do when you're down the goal line. But if the lanes are closed for him to run, he'll just throw because there is a reason why those lanes are closed for him to run is because they're up closer to the offensive line, which means Mm -hmm. in the end zone, there's a player available that he can throw the ball to. Yeah. uh, Josh Allen is fully actualized. Cam Newton basically is this big, you know, they're almost, they're basically the same size. They have basically the same running skills, um, but Josh Allen is a far better passer, which is why Josh Allen got like a hundred bajillion dollar contract and Cam Newton is on his second stint with the Panthers after getting cut by the Patriots to get replaced by Mac Jones. So, <laughs> yeah, not only replaced by a, a rookie, but only a five million dollar contract is yeah. for him to play. I mean, I think a, a lot of people may forget that two years ago before he landed with the Patriots, Nobody wanted him, um, and he had to sign a $5 million contract just to be the Patriots quarterback. He started off okay, but, um, you know, people made excuses for him because of COVID and stuff. And, I, you know, COVID definitely has a factor, but not that much of a factor where you're just that bad. Um, and then coming into preseason with, with Mac Jones, they realized that he just didn't have it. And so they cut him and said, let's ride with the rookie and – we all know how Bill Belichick is with rookies. He doesn't like them all that much. Mm-hmm. So if he puts the the main position as a quarterback to the rookie, that shows you how much bad how bad Cam Newton really was. Yeah. So that 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 kind of puts a button on that. Um uh speaking of the Bills passing game, Gabe Davis five for eighty five, two scores. Dawson Knox did the four for thirty-eight, the back end uh tight end game. Uh, Stefan Diggs, seven targets, but he only turned that into four for 35 and one. Um, been kind of a disappointing year for Stefan Diggs, to be honest. I mean, that touchdown kind of saved his game, but he hasn't, he's been a top 12 tight end in, or I'm sorry, top 12 wide receiver in PPR. Looks like twice since their week seven bye and three times all year. So that's yep. kind of disappointing for Diggs, a guy that a lot of people had inside their top five at wide receiver going into this year after last year. But, um, Gabe Davis. Uh, so we mentioned that next week they get the Panth. I'm sorry, the Patriots, who aren't a good matchup for wide receivers. But then they finish up with Atlanta in Week 17. And if you have a Week 18 league, God help you. But they play the Jets. 
So I would honestly pick up Gabe Davis and then not play him next week if I could um, because of this Atlanta matchup, because we'll get that one. We'll get there when we get to the Niners game. I don't know how this team is six and eight. It's one of the worst teams I've ever we're one of the worst run teams I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's just it's they're so bad. Um, it, and um, yeah, I think you can pick up Gabe Davis and wait till week 17. Yeah, Gabriel Davis is definitely a uh, come on. Um, he's pretty much made Emmanuel Sanders irrelevant, um, sharing good numbers with Stefan Diggs. Cole Beasley has uh, also sort of dipped as well. And uh, Gabriel Davis didn't have a great start. It was all Dawson Knox. But now it looks like both of them are sort of sharing that that role. And Gabriel Davis has been a beneficiary from it. Yep. Um, so. uh yeah, so especially if um, the Cole Beasley situation doesn't really resolve itself before the Falcons game. So um, very interesting that um, it could be Gabe Davis season finally after being a guy that I was high on him. I don't remember what you thought about Gabe Davis in the, the offseason, but I was high on him. I liked him. I liked his potential. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't think he was going to show. I thought like, he would be a good keeper kind of player, someone you could draft late in your league or a dart throw, and then hope that he would um, would do what he's doing now. Um, but by no means, it, I you know I was hoping, I didn't expect it to happen. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, all right, and uh, I forgot to mention on the Panther side, Robbie Anderson, I would say is completely hands off if you haven't taken your hands off of him at this point. And then DJ Moore, it's kind of fallen into desperation. Uh, flex territory um, six for 48 in this one like he's okay uh, top 20 in this one so actually no in PPR he's a he's a solid wide receiver too but uh, definitely not what you drafted him to be so. no not at all after especially after such a strong start he had such a really good start to start the season and when Sam Darnold was pr- playing well and then um, well we all know what happened to Sam Darnold not only did he get hurt but he was hurt while I was playing because he was so bad. But yeah. now, now you have Cam Newton throwing the ball and then you have or, you know, his backup, P.J. Moore throwing him. It's just not going to. P.J. Walker. <laughs> P.J. Walker. Yeah. P.J. Walker throwing him the ball. Yeah, it's a mess. So um, let's uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Walker's boys did it. Uh, insert Walker's uh, wooing video here. Sprinting around his house going woo. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Cardinals uh, lose to the Lions 30 to 12. It was a dominating effort by Jared Goff, who I saw he's now like eight and one against the Cardinals. He's just like Cardinals kryptonite, um, which is impressive uh, to say the least. Um, but let's uh, hold on one sec here. Sorry, um, my my Google Chrome keeps crashing, man. Um the big uh, performers in this game for the let's start with the Lions. Jared Goff, like I mentioned, 216 and three. Craig Reynolds, 26 for 112 with no Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift who missed this game. Amon Ross St. Brown continues to dominate this team, uh, eight for 90 and a touchdown. But if you went with Josh Reynolds, you still were happy with it because he got six for 68 and a touchdown. Uh, 
I mean, Craig Reynolds, I feel like, is a guy you can play next week against the Falcons um, if there's no DeAndre Swift and no uh, Jamal Williams. But, I mean, I is Ahmad both healthy? Okay, so he's done. But is Amon Ross St. Brown, has he evolved into a must-start player? Like, Herms wrote an article about his ascension, and, uh, I mean, he's been top 10 two out of the last three weeks. And his and his his non-top 10 game, he still had eight for 73. Oh, so that this is standard scoring, that's why. He has been top 30 each of the last uh, three weeks with uh, number six and number six and number 28. So has, is Amon Ross St. Brown a must-start, especially in three wide receiver leagues at this point? I like him as three wide receivers. I like him in the flex. Uh, either way, it's pretty good for me. Uh, Josh Reynolds is still a threat just because Jared Goff, as we all know, is familiar with Josh Reynolds back in the Rams days and probably a security blanket for him. Uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson is out for the year, so he definitely needs someone that he can rely on. And Josh Reynolds is that for him. But I like Amon Ross and Brown. I, he was another dart throw in my home league, and then as soon as I cut him, he starts doing well, um, just like Marvin Jones last year. So I am full on board. I I, I should have cut him earlier for you guys. My yeah, fault. come on, Mike. You know, I, I should have definitely been on the ball more of cutting him on Ross A. Brown, but I cut him just in time for everybody to play him during their playoffs. So congratulations. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, my God. Breaking news. Do, 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 do. Uh, hands off the Panthers. Uh, Matt rule said Cam Newton will start Sunday versus Buccaneers and will have a major role in the game, but that Sam Darnold will play. Oh boy. So now we're doing the Sam Darnold thing instead of the PJ Walker thing, huh? Yeah. So I am not interested. Thank you very much. Uh, Matt rule. Um, not interested in any, any, uh, Panthers quarterback now. So, um, that's breaking news as of 12 minutes ago, literally while we were talking about it. Um, Let's go over to the Arizona side here. We got Kyler Murray continues to struggle. Um, two fifty seven, a touchdown, a pick, uh, only three rushing yards on four attempts. Um, this is kind of the same thing we saw from him last year, where he starts off on fire, he gets banged up, and then he just completely falls off a cliff. Now, granted, losing DeAndre Hopkins certainly caused some trouble here for him, and he also didn't have uh, uh, a fully healthy Chase Edmonds in this one, who just had one target. Or a fully healthy James Conner, who still had 70 yards on eight, uh, 10 touches. But, I mean, this is kind of worst-case scenario for the Cardinals. Yeah, um, in fact, I wish I, I mean, without having to go back and watch all the games, I wish I, and you may know, um, how you could see how Kyler Murray does, uh, what his performance stats are without DeAndre Hopkins and um, on the field. And... It's all the games that I've watched because I wanted to see how Kyler Murray did because Kyler Murray was my quarterback in my home league. So I paid, paid specific attention to see how he played without DeAndre Hopkins on the field. And every single time that Hopkins was not on that field, Kyler Murray struggled. So it's one of those things where, of course, all quarterbacks are going to struggle a little bit with out their number one receiver. But is DeAndre Hopkins really the number one wide receiver on this team? I mean, yes, more, most talented wide receiver by far, but they spread the ball around. So it's not like he's the one that's going to get 15 targets per game or 12 targets per game each and every single game. He, you know, he is going to um, 
get some of that taken away by AJ Green and Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk and all those guys. So it's it's definitely an interesting situation that Kyler Murray just is not a, a very good performer without DeAndre Hopkins, and he really struggled um, against the Lions. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, With I mean, Lions? the Lions. I uh, wish the Niners were playing Arizona now instead of when Kyler was at full strength. Like, that right. would be nice. Exactly. So um, we'll see next week how he does, but I, mm, I, I don't know. I'm very wary against this with this situation with Kyler Murray. Yeah. Next week he gets the oh he gets the Colts. Oh, that's right. Um, so I thought they, man, they really smashed that up. Man, they yeah. really tried to screw the Colts over this year. They gave them the Rams, the Seahawks, and um, I forget who uh, the the Niners, the baby. No, yeah, it's the, it's the NFC West is the problem. They're playing the NFC West. That's the problem. And then, but it was also in the beginning of the season too. They gave them all these difficult teams to play against. Um, and then now they're smashing the Patriots and the Cardinals against each other in back-to-back weeks. But whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would, I think you know, I don't want to say this, but Kyler Murray is someone that I'm not looking to start next week. Yeah, here you go, Mike. Here's here's the last uh, four games for them before Arizona. So you've got New England, hard matchup, Houston, t- tomato can, but then Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, they made easy work of them, but that's supposed to be a bad, you know, a bad matchup. Um, right. And then to start the year, Seattle, LA, and Tennessee, which were three losses. And yep. then Miami, which you guys were lucky to play them then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then mm-hmm. Bal- and then Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So. Difficult match, difficult for the for the Colts, but um, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> Christian Kirk, I think you can start with no DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know he's been good for two straight weeks. Like you mentioned, uh, they just kind of spread it around, so they're not going to fall apart without Kyler Murray. I mean, sorry, without DeAndre Hopkins, and they try to pass the ball as much as they can. So. Three for 86 in week 14, nine for 94 last week. Indy's a tough matchup, but I think you can, if you're in, if you're in trouble, you can start Christian Kirk as a wide receiver three. Yeah, I like Christian Kirk, uh, especially with no DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, uh, nine, nine for 94 and one is always hard to deliver regardless, but uh, he's got to throw the ball to somebody. And Christian Kirk, A.J. Green are probably the two guys that you're going to get one or two performances out of. Um, hopefully it's not the AJ green for nine for 94. That's the only thing that, that worries me about this Cardinals offense is nothing is, is for certain unless you're Deandre Hopkins. Um, yeah. So it, it could be, it's, it's almost like debating between T Higgins and, um, Jamar. Jamar yeah. You, you just don't know what one of them's going to get it. You just don't know which one it's going to be. Yep. And that's very annoying. So, um, Let's see. Uh, James Conner dealing with the injury like we talked about. His first game outside of the top 24 since week seven, Mike. He has been on a tear, uh, being running back 23-19-1-18-8-11-2. So um, as somebody who rode James Conner to the playoffs, uh, definitely a disappointment for me this week. But he's dealing with a foot-slash-heel injury, and um, Chase Edmonds is getting worked back in. So... I don't know if you can trust James Conner. Um, he missed practice today on Wednesday with the heel injury. So uh, we'll monitor that and we'll give you whatever information we can tomorrow um, on that. Yeah, I, I don't even with Chase Edmonds now back. I don't know how much faith you can put in James Conner. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. Uh, wow. Um, do you remember Doug Marone? Yes. Do you remember Bill O'Brien? Yes. They are both assistants on Alabama, and they both have COVID. That's another breaking news oh, thing. God. I, I can't believe Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien are on. Uh, I guess that's where Urban Meyer is going to go now. He'll go be a coordinator. Yeah, there. he'll be there. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Anything else you want to talk about with these uh, with these teams to review this game? No, no. Uh, Jared Goff had a great game. Dan, he's on the COVID list now. Oh, well. And then, <laughs> good luck, Jared Goff. We can't have anything good. Um, so, all right, let's talk about Jets, Dolphins, uh, Dolphins win this one 31 to 24, uh, just call it the Duke Johnson game. Uh, that man crushed the competition. So let's see here. Will Fuller is out for the remainder of the season. Uh, that man got, uh, $10 million to get his hand smashed up, which honestly I'll get $10 million to smash my hand up. That's fine. Um, Jalen Waddle is set to come off the COVID list. He missed this game with, uh, being on the COVID list. Um, I'm thinking that's it for the Dolphins. Malcolm Brown was inactive. Uh, Savin Ahmed, Miles um, Gaskin spent the week on the COVID list and then came off. Um, for the Jets, they put a bunch of guys on the COVID list today, so I have to scroll past this injury news to uh, get to that. Uh, Ty Johnson was a healthy scratch. Uh, Tyler Croft was activated from IR, as was Michael Carter. Uh, so... Um, one of the guys, I just like to say this off the bat, one of the guys the Jets put on the COVID IR today was Michael Carter, the rookie cornerback, oh, not, okay. not Michael <laughs> Carter, the running back. So I, I had a bit, bit of a moment and then I was like, oh, that says CB. And then I looked it up. They drafted two Michael Carters in this draft. I completely forgot about that. So um, I forgot yeah. about that, too, when I was. But this was uh, when we were mock drafting. So before the season started and. I'm like, Michael Carter's still out there? Well, that's definitely my pick. Yeah. And then DB popped up, and I'm like, well, well, that's why he was still out there. Yeah, we have a new uh, Brandon Marshall and a new Adrian Peterson. Um, Those were the two names, right? I know that. I know there was another Adrian Peterson, but I think there was another Brandon Marshall as well. I think he was a linebacker. Yes, um, or a DB. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, pro football reference isn't loading for me. Perfect. But yeah, those, we have our new the other, and it's even sneakier because they're both. Oh, the you're right. It is, he was a linebacker. Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, so Duke Johnson, 22-107-2. and two. Miles Gaskin, they said on the broadcast, was getting worked back in because of his COVID conditioning. Um, he was still a little messed up. Still managed 10 for 54. He was in on the game-winning drive. He got a 30-yard rush on that one. Um, people are like, oh, Duke Johnson won this job. And I'm like, I think it's more than likely to be a situation where nobody won this job. Now everybody's the one B like because they've been desperately trying to make Miles Gaskin the one B. And I, I just feel like there's too many guys there now. Like Philip Lindsay is going to get like four or five carries a game. Um, Duke Johnson is going to get the pass a bunch of the passing downs work. Um, in this one, he only had one target, but he had 22 carries. Miles Gaskin's going to get a bunch of touches. Savan Ahmed's still there. Ma- Malcolm Brown set to come off of uh injured you know the injured list i just don't i don't want to start any of these running backs next week if i can help it even duke johnson duke johnson truthers have yourself a week congratulations but i don't want to start (laughs) i don't want to start your boy next week all these people from the past like four years i told you duke johnson could do it i told you he could be a bell cow in an offense um Uh, waiting for that uh let's see it's cordell patterson and duke johnson this year so next year 
who's it going to be? Uh, carry on Johnson. And uh, maybe it'll be, uh, I mean, it's only his third year. I was going to say Keyshawn Vaughn, but uh, <laughs> um, carry on Johnson. And let's see, let's see the 2017 draft. Let's who, uh, who else could it be? I don't know. All right, that, that joke fell on its face. All right. Um, speaking of which, Mike, uh, it's kind of weird that the best resource for uh, draft is Wikipedia. Have you have you looked at Wikipedia's draft uh, stuff for the NFL? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I use it quite a bit, especially yeah. if I'm trying to find certain information. I, I usually do Wikipedia before I do pro football reference. It's so because. much better. And it's streamlined and yeah, and you can see all the trades for the um for the picks and stuff. It's so much better. So next year, next year it's gonna be Carry On Johnson and Samaj P Ryan time. So there you go. There's Samaj. the joke. There's the joke. I landed it eventually. Okay. Um, what are we talking about? Jets, Dolphins. Um, Mike, I'm I'm gonna give a preview to the question I'm gonna ask tomorrow. Uh, well, the question I was going to ask tomorrow, but I'm actually gonna talk about the backfield. Is Devontae Parker must start? Four for 68 and a touchdown, and it was his one of his worst games this year. He's just been on IR um, every single week. So this week he finished as uh, uh, wide receiver 14, and it's because of the touchdown. But um, four for 68 is less than six, five for 62, eight for 85 before that, four for 77 before that. I mean, Devontae Parker against the Saints and the Titans, who are both good matchups. I mean, he's he might be must start going forward, which is weird to think about. Yeah, uh, he's been solid um, when he's been out there, especially when there's no Jalen Waddle. I, yeah, the Tua has got to throw it to somebody. And Devontae Parker's not a bad wide receiver. He's just someone that hasn't done what, what many thought he would do. Um, but he's not like Prashad Perryman out there who's completely busted uh, being a first-round pick. So I like I like Parker um, quite a bit. Um, tight ends are sort of up and down. Gesicki has some good weeks, some bad weeks, but I think Parker is a guy that you can trust out of all the receivers. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about the jets. I do not want to play a single New York jet for the remainder of the 2021 season. Yes. They get the Jags next week. I don't care. Yes. They get the bucks the week after, but this team has a COVID outbreak. Um, Jamison Crowder was their leading receiver with 40 receiving yards. Um, Zach Wilson had 170 pass yards. Tevin Coleman led the way with 50 rush yards. I don't want to touch any of these players. I mean, Michael Carter, you can start next week against Jacksonville. It is a good matchup. But then it's the Bucks, who I have a feeling the Bucks are going to play a smackdown on the Jets. You would think. I don't know. They're bucking. That run defense is just atrocious. Um not a trusted. I think that's too strong a word. Um, not good. They've fallen. I don't know what happened, but um, they've just allow 100 yards every single game, 100 yards plus every single game. Um, so it's not good. Uh, low average, I would say. So there is a chance, but the Jets have the Jets are the Jets. Our offense is talking about atrocious i think that's a fitting word for the new york jets offense is atrocious uh so i like it i think um michael carter is someone that you could maybe trust in the flex but i don't like any of these guys okay yeah it's no thank you no thank you jets are on my i i i 
have long been saying, just don't mess with the Jets. And I looked kind of dumb about Michael Carter for a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, don't mess with the Jets. I doubt Elijah Moore comes back. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for this one. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No. Um, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Tua Tagliola. He had a couple good games, and then now against the Jets of all teams, he just falls apart. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, eh. yeah, I don't know. I think it was, I don't think he fell apart. I think it was Duke Johnson did everything. Sometimes you get these games where uh, one guy, like a running back, just takes over and is like, all right, well, the quarterback doesn't doesn't need to do anything. We'll just keep running the ball because that's what's working. And the Jets are the worst team against running backs. Let's not forget that. Like the game plan was probably built around running the ball down their throat as much as they could. They're the worst rushing def- they're the worst running back defense, Mike, on a fantasy point scored basis since 2008. Like the last the last te- the last teams to allow over 30 half PPR points per game to running backs, which the Jets are allowing this year, were the 2008 um uh, Lions, who went 0-16, and, and the 2008 um, uh, Chargers, who allowed six running back touchdowns in Week 17 to get over that mark. Six of them, Mike. Jeez. LT and Darren Sproles led the way. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you how long ago that was. I, w- I wonder where the 2003 Colts finished as far as uh, rushing defenses were allowed because they were atrocious, atrocious. Um, and then they made the playoffs mo- mostly because of Peyton Manning and ended up beating the Chiefs that they had. They Everybody thought they would, were going to lose because Larry Johnson was a leading running back. And when you have one of the worst rushing defenses and playing Kansas City with Larry Johnson, who's one of the best running backs, they were just like, oh, the Chiefs are just going to run all day on him. And then they didn't even allow him to rush for like 50 yards. Like that was a, that was the year I think they won the Super Bowl on just a, a horrible rush defense, but for whatever reason they woke up and during playoff time and then carried him through. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Anything else you want to add about this game, or should we move on to Dallas yeah, and New York? Please move on. Just, All right. Yeah, I don't ever want to talk about. Dallas 21, Giants 6. Dallas is 10 and 4. Giants are uh, 4 and 10. And this game was actually somewhat close. Like there were no points scored in the fourth fourth quarter. It was just kind of a dull, boring game. Um, probably because uh, the Giants will not be playing um, Daniel Jones for the rest of the year. So it's going to be between Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon going forward. So good luck to them. Uh, Sterling Shepard tore his Achilles in this game. Um, so he'll be out for the rest of the year. And, you know, it sounds like his beginning of uh, 2022 is in doubt uh, because of how late in the year it is, which stinks. And uh, Achilles injuries are are rough to come back from. Um, Dude, Kadaris, you never stay healthy. Yeah. Kadarius Tony uh, is on COVID IR for this one. Uh, for the Cowboys, um, no real injuries of note. Um, Tony Pollard uh, was looked okay um, coming off of his uh, his injury. Um, he had what 90 or 87 total yards on 15 touches, so um, they were okay with him. So um, in this one, uh, Dak Prescott, we can't start Dak Prescott anymore. <laughs> I know. I don't know who they played next week, but geez. Washington. Washington. They played last time, and he he was quarterback twenty three against them. Yeah, 
and Washington's defense has gotten much better. Uh, Cardinals the following week, and then if you're playing, you know, week 18, and God help you if you are, yeah, uh, then it's the Eagles. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's no reason to start Dak Prescott. There's really, really no reason to start Patrick Mahomes either. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a great game last week, but it really wasn't a great game, just statistically wise, just because Travis Kelsey helped Patrick Mahomes have a great game. Um, so it, yeah, I, I'm really not looking at either Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott the rest of the season as my starters. Yeah, so Dak Prescott, uh, Mike, 23. These are his quarterback ranks the last five games. 28 in week 11, 3, 21, 23, and 23. Oh, that's just, oh, that's just brutal to my ears. Yeah, for a guy that, you know, he was a consensus top six quarterback. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's rough. Yep. He was top five, really, for most people. Um, And, uh, you know, shout out to my action movie co- uh, podcast co-host. He said, Dak will not be healthy this year. And um, it's looking like that's the case. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, only seven games inside the top 12 this year at quarterback. So mm. rough, rough go for um, for uh, Dak Prescott. So um, a lot of that has to do with his he's just not run, running the ball. Um, yeah. I mean, we expected him to run a lot and he had two rushes for negative one yards because he did a kneel down. And you know, he has he 105 yards. He's rushed 39 times for 105 yards. This yep. Year. And he and that's that's by design, I think, because I remember a couple of weeks ago, who were they playing? It was on Thursday. So I think that was the was that the Washington game? I think that was the either the Washington or the Saints game. He had Saints wide. Game. Yeah, he had wide open grass in front of him. He could have rushed for the first down. He threw for it instead. So I think it's by design that this man is not rushing. They, they, he stopped rushing because Dak Prescott in 2020. Dak Prescott, 2019, 2018, he's rushing for that first down, but he throws for it in this one. And um, I will remember that because I had the I took I've been doing underdog one game prop bet things. I took the over on nine and a half rushing yards and I was like, here it is. (laughs) So why wouldn't you? I mean, nine and a half rushing yards for Dak Prescott. That's nothing. That's like Jimmy Garoppolo rushes for uh, 10 rushing 10 yards sometimes. That man's a statue. So um all right, let's. Uh, all right, so Dalton Schultz, eight for sixty-seven and one. He continues his good year, um, even with Dak struggling, even with all of the guys back. Uh, Dalton Schultz was still the man. Um, so let's see. Dalton Schultz has been. Uh, oh, he's been struggling lately. Actually, I'm looking at these numbers. I forgot he was one for three for four yards against Washington, uh, but he gets Washington again in Arizona. So he's still a matchup based play. I still think you got to run him out there. I don't know what other options you could have other than Dalton Schultz at this point. Well, in the last uh, five weeks, he's been at least in the top 12 uh, four times. So there you go. There you go. Oh, I keep forgetting. So I have this little extension from Fantasy Pros where it, it you can click on the player and get information. I keep forgetting to click PPR. I keep clicking. It defaults to standard. So oh, standard. standard. Yeah, standard. Standard will kill you in tight ends. <laughs> yeah. But PPR, yeah. 5 for 43 is a tight end 12 in PPR. And it is tight end 18 in standard. So know your scoring settings. Exactly. Right yes. Um, CD Lamb, I mean – 11 points in PPR. Michael Gallup, not great. Amari Cooper has been dismal the He's last. Awful. Yeah, he has been pretty bad um, recently. I think he actually had a good game the week before. Uh, let me see. Nope. Week, well, week 14, 
he scored 16, 16.1 points in week 14. 16 point. How did he get? Oh, he scored a touchdown. That's how right. I, was, I was like, how did he do that? So uh, that touchdown, he has not been uh, top 24 without a touchdown all season long. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's only been in the top 12 twice this season. He was in week 14. He was the top um, between 13 and 20. And then this week he fell on his face again. So I would not start him. No, there's no reason to start Amari. Uh, I'm starting C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, uh, Zeke, because Zeke's going to get the touchdowns, Tony Pollard, and that's it from this team. I mean, Tony Pollard, he's been, he missed one game, but he's been a top 24 running back in PPR each of his last five games. Like, they use him, and he's useful. So I will keep running him out there. Yeah, think of it as a Melvin Gordon and Jamal. um, Javante. Javante Williams situation. The other Jay, yeah. The other Jay, yeah. Uh, that That's the kind of situation now that Pollard and Elliott are in. They're identical situations. So if you like that situation where you're a Tony Pollard manager, you can you can feel good about it. Is, Elliott is not going to just be the running back that he's been most of his career at this point. Um, so you can put Pollard in, Pollard in if you feel confident of like the Javante Williams kind of role. Yeah, and um, not only is he – the thing with Zeke is, is he's not the same Ezekiel Elliott that he has been. That's correct. But he's still getting enough touches that you got you to gotta play him, you know, just a pure volume guy. So, um, yeah, I, I'll still start him, you know. Um, if, you just have, if I had both, I'd roll both. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in one way or the other, I'd roll both. I wouldn't have any problems with that. Yeah, it's just the sort of thing where when we talk about these players, I think people are like, Ugh, like, should I not be starting Zeke? It's like, no, Zeke's still a top 15 to 18 guy. That's just not what you drafted him for. So it's week 16. You know, it's like it doesn't matter what you spent on him. Um, it, all that matters is his production. So he can be a disappointment and still be a guy that you can't take out of your lineup. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, that, that's exactly how I feel about um, both of them. He just Ezekiel had a top 10 week in this week in week 15. And that marks three, four of the last six weeks. He's been um, in the top 20. All right. So there you go. So um, the Giants, I do not want to start a giant. I will start Saquon Barkley, but I will not be happy about it. Is that all we can say? Oh, yeah, because you can't really trust any of the wide receivers, any of them. Um, And. When, especially when you have Mike Lennon throwing the ball. He looks so good the week before. Um, and then he just becomes Mike Lennon against the Cowboys. And they have to put in Jake Fromm because he's so bad. But, uh, yeah, it's – yeah, I take one Barkley and you're not happy about it. Yeah, and it's this is what a bad quarterback looks like with, with Mike Lennon. It's not that he's bad every single week. It's that he's – maddeningly inconsistent this is you know the difference between him and guys like garrett gilbert who garrett gilbert is going to get bounced out of the league pretty soon because he's just he's it over his head but mike glennon is you know he's one of the top 45 quarterbacks in the world right now so you know he will have these games where he looks good and then games where he looks downright dreadful but i'm not touching the giants for the rest of the year neither team i mean i don't have any saquon if you have saquon i mean you're not going to find somebody who has who's getting 19 touches per week off of the the waiver wire. So if you have him, you got to play him. But I don't have him, so I'm not going out of my way to start him. So there you go. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't either. I mean, it's I don't know. 
I hope whoever drafted Saquon, you got him in the second round at least and didn't invest a first-round investment in him. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up next year in drafts because he's been extremely disappointing. Uh, Kev Masurgeon, friend of the show, Roto Surgeon, said that he is going to be next year's Joe Mixon, which I'm not quite sure what that means. I think that means that a better team around him and then injury luck going the other way um, will do him a lot of good, in which case I have a hard time uh, disputing that, but I want to know who their quarterback is next year before I get that uh, excited about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can't really get excited about Saquon when the defenses know that either Mike Lennon is throwing the ball or it's Daniel Jones or it's Jake Fromm. He, he just, he, it's very difficult to move the ball on the field when the quarterbacks have the ball, um, you know, a good 60% of the time, 70% of the time, and you can't move the ball. So what good is your running back if your offense isn't on the field? Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's move on to the next one, Mike. Steelers 19, Titans 13. Steelers are 7, 6, and 1. Titans are 9 and 5. The Titans, I mean, their downward spiral continues. They've lost three out of their last Bye-bye. four. Yeah, after winning six straight, I'm sure you're sh- you're shedding a lot of tears for the Titans. Oh, yeah, I'm hurting. Yeah. Yeah, it's you and I are like how you feel about the Titans is how I feel about the Cardinals right now. It's like, oh, poor babies, <laughs> poor guys, you're falling apart. Um, so injuries in this one, AJ Brown uh, was designated to return off of IR after this game. He's looking likely to play against the Niners. Julio Jones injured himself in the first quarter. Uh, hamstring injury had Retire, one part. Retire, bro. Retire, yeah. bro. Yeah, you're you're done, Julio. You're done. You're done. There's a... Um, I've been watching a lot of TikToks, Mike, because I'm trying to get the lay of the land so that we can do TikToks next year for content. And there's this sound. One of the big things on TikTok, I'll explain this to you, is like there'll be a sound and then people will use that sound to like make their own little skits. And one of the sounds is a guy going, you're done. You're (laughs) done. That's every time Julio Jones takes the field. It's like, you're done. You're done. You're done. Um. For the Steelers, um, no real injuries in this one unless you can. Oh, the big injury is Pat Frymuth left with a concussion, but no injuries going into it of note um, for uh, the offense. So the offense instead decided to completely fall apart. Big Ben, 148 passing yards. So that trickles down to Deontay Johnson, 38 receiving yards. Chase Claypool, 12 receiving yards on zero catches, Mike. 12 receiving yards on zero catches. Because there was a lateral. Oh, I was trying to figure this out. I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, how does this happen now? Yeah, um, no, there was there was a lateral at the end of the game. So he ended up with 12 uh, yards on that one, but no receptions. So if there's no Pat Firemouth next, Firemouth next week, which, sorry, I had to correct myself to his real name, Pat Firemouth. Um, hell yeah. I'm not starting any tight ends there i will still start deontay johnson no matter who the what no matter what teams across the field i'm stuck starting Najee harris because this game was a an aberration but i'm not feeling happy about either of those they're playing the chiefs next week um but i mean you're not going to find another guy on the waiver wire who's getting 17 touches like Najee harris so you're kind of stuck with that it i think is just the one week thing that's going to wipe everybody out of the playoffs uh with uh Najee harris because Prior to this game, like prior to this game, he'd been um, a top 20 uh, running back in 11 of 13 games. 
He's been a must start running back in 11 of 13 games. And this one, he just poops the bed. So these things happen. Especially as we get later, later and later in the season. Uh, We, um, these rookies, (laughs) especially a rookie who's been given the ball, like on an average of 25 touches to 30 touches per game. um, You're going to see him kind of collapse and, 12 for 18 is, is something that I don't expect again, but I don't expect Najee to be what he was in the beginning of the year. I think the guy is just exhausted. Uh, so I, I I still will throw him out there every every single week, but I'm not expecting those Najee kind of numbers as we saw from like week one through week, you know, 12 or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, uh, when I when I was pounding the table for Najee Harris, I was like, they'll give him the ball so many times, and that's why you want him on your team. So many touches, and even I'm I'm like, hey yo, like what are you doing here? <laughs> like stop giving yeah. him the ball. Exactly, I was doing the same thing. I'm like, okay, we know that he's going to hit the rookie wall because every single rookie hits the wall because for the for their whole life they've only been playing at most. 13 to 14 games if they play the play the bowl game and you know so right now is is where the wall hits and you're going to feed him you know all this up to and then you know he's gonna he's gonna break down on you um and he is he's he's gonna start you know it's it it was ridiculous to see how many times especially when i mean yeah you you don't want to see benny snell get the ball 10 times you don't you don't want to see these other running backs get the ball 10 times but it's you also don't want to wear out the guy that is your first pick of the draft and someone who's very very talented either yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like too much of a good thing exactly yeah so um ooh, breaking news the niners ruled out elijah mitchell for thursday's game that was to be expected um elijah mitchell um He's looking a lot like the rest of the 49ers running backs. He's really good until he snaps in half. <laughs> yeah, Raheem Mostert style. Yeah, Raheem Mostert. Uh, yeah, Jeff Wilson Jr. looks pretty good till he snaps in half. It's just the style of running back that they have. Um, so for the Titans, uh, Deonta Foreman is the only guy that's worth starting. Deonta Foreman's been good, and it's really weird to think about. And Mike, this is why I ask you, is Derrick Henry a system running back? I'm, I'm of course just <laughs> I'm like uh, no, but okay. But because Foreman has 109 rushing yards, 108 rushing yards, and then in the middle he has 47 rushing yards and a touchdown with 15 receiving yards. I mean, it's he's been good. I you think Foreman is a solid running back when he's when he's healthy. Yeah, um, he's always been sort of an RB two kind of guy when healthy, um, and we're sort of seeing that take place i mean against the steelers you know their their defense has not been good against especially against the run but uh it is deontay foreman's backfield um he got as you mentioned 22 carries so he could he'll cast a pass or two as well um you'd like to see him get in the end zone but anytime he, he scores 12 plus points you're you're looking at rb you know two to flex kind of numbers yeah and um i think I, I am facetiously asking if he is a uh, um, system running back, but I think 
what you have here is a good run blocking offensive line where, you know, yeah. Derek Henry's Derek Henry is so good when he hits the second level and yeah. Deontay Foreman gets taken down. So it's like, yeah, Deontay Foreman's looking good because that's a good run blocking line. But then that tells you the difference between Deontay Foreman and Derek Henry. Like Deontay Foreman's going, I mean, Derek Henry's going for like 200 rushing yards against the Steelers, not 108. Because um, yes. <laughs> he's his his big thing is, yeah, once he gets ahead of steam, it's like good. If, if you're a slot cornerback you're like 196 pounds good luck stopping derrick henry in the open field <laughs> like he's gonna he's gonna make you look like a child whereas you could possibly pull down deonta foreman yeah exactly and and that's what really kind of made the the biggest difference in derrick henry's career is yeah. is if we remember right he wasn't even going to he he lost the starting job to um demarco murray demarco murray and then also to that scat back um pass uh, catching back Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, yes. Um, and then they're like, you know what? Why don't we put uh, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, a step or two behind where he normally lines up? And then now he has more room to get up and go. And that really made all the difference. Um, yeah, putting him all the way back, putting him in like an eye, even, you know, if there's no fullback or whatever. It's just like he giving him that head of steam. He just bashes through the line. Exactly. And, uh, he crushes he crushes everybody at the second level and that's his big problem or the the problem with defending him so um back to Deonta Foreman he's the only guy I want to start against the Niners on this short week I mean Ryan Tannehill has been an abject disaster this year he's been a top 12 quarterback f- four times this year four times wow. four times Mike oh we had such has high to- hopes for for Ryan Tannehill too and here's um, the, here's the thing Mike hold on so you could be top 12 and just be okay, right? Like you want a guy who's like top five or six at the position, a real difference maker that week. He has not been top six once. His his best game of the year was week seven against the Colts, Mike. Sorry about that. Um, where he had um, three touchdowns um, against them. So it's just like, yeah, that's his only game above. I'm sorry, he has two games above 20 fantasy points this year. And they're both against the Colts. Sorry, Mike. He's a Colt killer. <laughs> He's a Colt killer. But other than he that, is. just drop Ryan Tannehill. I'm, I'm not interested in Ryan Tannehill anymore. And neither should you. Yeah, there's no reason to have him. He's no. throwing one or two touchdowns a week. But even when he's throwing, say, two touchdowns a week, it's like 200 yards. I mean, it's just, you can't do anything with that. Uh, as you mentioned, three. He's had um, two top 10 weeks, um, more top six to 10 than top five and uh top 10 to 12 week in week three so that's it can't do nothing with that let's move on to the next one mike so next game is texans jack i was getting excited because we're getting down to the end and then i forgot there are four monday (laughs) and tuesday (laughs) all right yeah (laughs) i was like oh this is really going by it's like oh because we still have four games to talk about oh boy so this one, uh, Jacksonville versus the Texans. This was the game that I said, uh, can we not talk about this game? Um, the players that you thought were going to do things did things. James Robinson, 18 for 75 and a touchdown. Kicked in three for 13 through the air. Brandon Cook, seven for 102 and two touchdowns. And we did it. Kev admitted. So Kev Walker and I have a group chat. Kev said, all right, guys, I'm giving in on Brandon Cooks. He's good. Because he was a Brandon Cook slanderer. So He, he admitted uh, it just recently? Yeah, because he kept he he would not take the L. 
Oh, um, my God. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Cooks, who is a top 20 uh, wide receiver on the season, um, even with his struggles, he's only had, you know, since the bye week, he had that two for 18 against the Titans, which was bad. Um, but he's been serviceable or better each of the last four weeks. 24-41, which isn't great against the uh, uh, Colts, but then 13 and three wide receiver ranks the last two weeks, 101 yards against the Seahawks and 102 and two touchdowns against the Jags. I say this because he is the only player you should play on the, te- on the Texans, unless you're in a two quarterback league, then you can play your boy Davis. I I, I want to play Davis Mills every week though. I want, but, I want to start him. So this is why you love two quarterback leagues. So you can play Davis Mills. No, this, I want to start him in, in the top 12. What? Yeah. I don't buy it, Mike. No. This man, would you start Davis Mills over Patrick Mahomes? No. Okay. There you go. Take that. He gets the Chargers next week. That's if Derwin James is healthy. Yeah, that's, that's going to be trouble. For him. That's going to be trouble. But what I, I mean, want what I want and what I would really do are two different things. I have to I have to Yeah, but here we go, Mike. So starting in week 5. So he got some run Got his feet under him in week two, three, and four. But starting week five, he has started three, four, five, seven games. He's been top 15 in four of them. So, I mean, there you go. If you're in a two-quarterback league, Davis Mills is, is cruising for you. But other than that, I don't want to play any other Texan at all. It's Brandon Cooks and Davis Mills in a two-quarterback league, and that's it. That's it. There's no other Texan worth discussing. No, there really isn't. Um... All right. Let's talk about Bill Dorsett's caught three balls though in the last two weeks. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, James Robinson is the only guy worth starting on this team, except Jimmy O'Shaughnessy in a good matchup, which this week was. Finally, he did something. It's been yeah. three weeks since he's taken over for Dan Arnold and has done absolutely zero. And, and I he guess was... four for 60 is probably the best you're going to get because, once again, Trevor Lawrence doesn't throw for a touchdown. He has one passing touchdown since the calendar flipped over to November. One passing touchdown. That's why I Marvin Jones, get him out of here. Laquan Treadwell, no thank you. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, absolutely not. There's no upside to these guys. Your sole upside is James Robinson rushing a touchdown. That's it. That's it. That, yeah. That's all there is for the Jags. It's, this is a, a, a game of two players, Brandon Cooks and James Robinson. And we move on. And right? how sad yeah, we do move on. How how sad is it though that Laquan Treadwell is outperforming LaVisca Chenault? Not sad at all, because LaVisca Chenault is bad at football. <laughs> yes, he is. I got into fights with people that I was like, he's not he's not good. Like he's not a good player. And people are like, no, he's really good because Debo Samuel exists. Like, right, that's, right. <laughs> that's the entire argument for LaVisca Chenault this offseason was like, but Debo Samuel. It's like, yeah, but he's he's Debo Samuel is a good wide receiver. LaVisca Chenault is just shifty. That's all he is. He's just a shifty guy. And the league is full of shifty guys that don't, don't go anywhere. Tavon Austin. Uh, yep. DeAnthony Thomas. Was that the guy's name? Anthony Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dexter McCluster. These are all there guys who yep. don't have a position who are shifty. And the only difference between them and Visca is Visca is like 25 pounds heavier. Like, that's it. So, and then also, also it tells you if Jamal Agnew can do it. Jamal yeah, Agnew can't. Can't. Then there's a problem here, okay? Jamal, I mean, so Leviticus Sonal is a dead duck. He's just not 
don't draft him next year. Um, you just avoid him at all costs because he he has a cool name and he can play multiple positions and he looks awesome and sexy out there, but he does nothing. Yeah. Um, I uh, so you recently bought a house. Um, I'm not sure if you've had one of the great joys of of getting a house from someone where you go in and you're like, why did they do this? Yeah. <laughs> why did why does this exist this way? I have a feeling the next coach to the Jaguars is going to look at Travis Etienne, Jamal Agnew, LaVisca Chanel, and Tavon Austin and be like, why do we have so many of these? These yeah. are all the same. Why do we, why do we have four of these? These are all the same player. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's 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 like having uh, multiple having four having eight corner pieces to a puzzle. It's like yeah. why do we why do we have six corner pieces? to a puzzle that requires four you know, or yeah. three or whatever, you know, it's just like, doesn't make no sense. Yeah. Why do we have four of these and one good regular wide receiver in Marvin Jones? Yeah. That's right. I said that DJ Chark, not great. All right. That's enough about the Jags. Bengals 15 Broncos 10 Bengals are now eight and six. Denver is now seven and seven. This is another sleepy game with no scoring. Oh, my goodness. This game, I saw this game, and it was boring. There are a lot of boring games. You know why there's so many boring games? Because, like, everybody's getting COVID. So teams aren't practicing as much, but their players are still getting COVID. So it's all backups. You don't have a chance to practice. So teams are just running the snot out of the ball because, uh, sorry, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to have great chemistry with Kendall Hinton. Um, but Javante Williams can still run the ball through the line. So it's just a lot of just so boring games because of what's going on with COVID. Anyways, Teddy Bridgewater suffered a concussion in this game. He's not going on IR, but it doesn't look good. You know what also doesn't look good? Drew Locke at quarterback. I wrote three weeks ago to cut all of your Denver passing game options, even Noah Fant. Noah Fant, five for 57 in this one. Alberto, three for 58. It's just going to be a mess. Tim Patrick came back to life, three for 42. Uh, Cortland Sutton has had two catches in like, six straight games or something crazy two yeah. or two or fewer passes or catches yeah he had that one string in five games from week two to week six where he finished three of those games in the top 12 and i don't think you can add up let's see I don't count this week because I don't have the points in for this week. But since since that last time he finished in the top 12 in week six, he has a total of 33.7 points. So nobody runs these leagues. But if you had a, let's see, 14, uh, hold on, 15 team, four wide receiver league. So 60 starting wide receivers. He wouldn't have been a starting wide receiver. Any of these games, 65, 72, 63, 80, 71, 91, 84. Move on. Jerry Judy, move on. Noah Fant, you might be stuck. I would move on. Tim Patrick, move on. You can't put these guys into your lineup knowing that uh, any given day, three for 12 is in the, is in the carts, especially with Drew Locke at quarterback. Like, you're going to see people talk about Drew Locke's ADOT, and I need to stop. We need to pause, talk about Drew Locke's ADOT. Um, average depth of target for people who don't know. So one thing I looked at last year because I discovered Pro Football Reference has intended air yards per pass attempt and then completed air yards per completion. And I'm like, if I subtract these, I can see the guys who are bombing it out, missing and then dumping it off. Right. Because the bigger difference between those is like I'm airing it out and I'm missing and then I'm dumping it off for like three yards. And those are those are going in. 
Drew Locke last year, I said this last year, he was airing it out for two plays and then he was throwing it underneath to a tight end on a drag route. Like every single play, like every single drive was air it out, miss, air it out, miss underneath to a tight end on a drag route. Like every single play. And he, it's going to be that again, but it's going to be, hey, that's our third option because we could either have Drew Locke air it out and miss, or we could give the ball to Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams, who have both been pretty good this year. So it's like, I don't want any Denver Bronco passing game option, but I want both running backs. I will start, like you said earlier, with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. I will start both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, no problem. Because the Broncos, I mean, they're not going to score 10 points every week. They're probably going to score two touchdowns. Those are going through the running backs, more likely than not. Yes, yeah, yeah. They're, especially if Bridgewater's quarterback, Drew Locke might hit one. Just because I think he even hit one um, with Tim Patrick. That touchdown was yeah, like a good 20 plus yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, Teddy Bridgewater is is just not going to be the one that's going to be throwing the ball an awful lot. And it's all going to be running game. And Teddy Bridgewater is not like a, a Josh Allen who can or, a, you know, a Cam Newton where he can carry the ball at the two and get in. Um, so. It's all running back situations here. You can't trust a single wide receiver. Um, the tight ends are more promising, but even then you're not liking it. I think the tight ends are more promising because the criteria for a good tight end is a lot lower. True, true. Yeah, uh, five for 57 this week with no fan is a solid day for a tight end, but I mean, you put him in any other position and you're like, oh, God, that's just horrible. Yeah, five for 57 is uh, tight end 12 in PPR. And um, I'm trying to see if there's a guy in this game. <laughs> there's no guy. There's no wide receiver. Here we go. Tim Patrick, three for 42 and a touchdown was 19. So you take away that touchdown. It's like 25, 26. So um, let's talk about the Bengals. Joe Mixon had an ankle uh, he sprained his ankle, um, so 17 for 58, but it's looking like he's going to play this week. Um, had one catch for two yards, just continues to not get those targets that we thought he, well, not me, not we, but people thought he would get um, with no uh, Gio Bernard around. Tyler Boyd led the way in this one. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase both took a back seat, combining for three catches for 26 yards. I mean, I I said it that uh, Drew, uh, Joe Burrow isn't a dummy. He's going to take what the defense gives him. And in this one, they gave him Tyler Boyd, third best wide receiver on the team. Um, Next week, they get the Ravens. Are you still rolling out T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in the fantasy semis? I'll have faith in T. Higgins just because he runs shorter routes. But uh, I have no faith in Jamar Chase anymore. Uh, He's just he had he had a really good week in week 14. Um, but before that, uh, and including this week, it's the most points he's put up is 13, uh, dating back to week eight. Oh, wow. It's been just been a horrible, horrible since that week seven game where he scored 34 points and was hitting every other week, top 12 numbers. No, um, he might, what you're hoping for from Jamar Chase is, a you know, a 75 yard pass. Uh, yeah. But if you're riding on a 75-yard pass, I hope you have a lot of floor players, a lot of Hunter Renfro or um, Kendrick Bourne, or you're starting those guys if you're starting Jamar Chase. 
Yeah, and Jamar Chase had that big game against the Niners, 77-1. and But other than that, it's been he hasn't been a top 24 wide receiver since that 201-yard game you mentioned against the Ravens in Week 7. So um, is this right? He's only had three, no, four, four games inside, five games inside the top 24 this year. Five games. Yeah, five games inside the top 24. Four of those being a top 12 week. Um, so he was monstrous in those weeks. But it's, you know, four four weeks of or five total weeks in the top 24 out of 15 is not is great. It's not, not great. No, not great. Um, So especially people are taking him like wide receiver 18, 19. Like, sheesh. I, I'm, I'm laughing. Everybody's like, oh, he's a top five wide receiver. I'm like. No, he's not. I don't even know where, where the hell are you getting this information? Because, you know, yeah, maybe at week seven, he was a top, you know, five wide receiver going into next year for redrafts after he had four or seven weeks in the top 24. But no, his A dot is just way too large for, for you to trust him inside the top 12 of wide receivers going into next year. If they reduce that A dot and use him more as an as a intermediate receiver, but then what do you do with Higgins and Boyd? So, I was going to say, they move on from Tyler Boyd if that happens. They, they're going to have to move on from Tyler Boyd if they want to get Chase involved in that short to intermediate game. Um, because you got three three players crowding that space. You have Boyd, Higgins, and Uzama. And there's just no room for Chase to, to play that role. So you're going to have to get rid of Boyd if he's going to have any value going into next year. Yeah, so uh, Tyler Boyd is making – he has a $2.8 million dead cap hit next year um, to go with a um, – dead cap with a 10.1 if they keep him. So they're looking at saving $7 million if they cut him. So if they designate him a post-June 1st, they're, it's going to be $1.4 million on the cap in each of 22 and 23. So – I mean, Tyler Boyd, 28, he could be a shocking release because they've got to pay Joe Burrow. This is coming up. Joe Burrow, this is what his second year. So he's not eligible for an extension yet. Um, So they may keep him around. But, um, yeah, it's uh, very interesting uh, what they might do with Tyler Boyd. So um, still rolling Joe Mixon out this week. I'm not worried. Um, Unless his ankle takes a downturn. So. Uh, He's been right. falling apart though. Week 13, he was in um, the very end of the top 24, like a wide receiver or running back 20 through 24. Week 14, he doesn't show up in the top 24. Week 15, mm-hmm. he doesn't show up in the top 24. Uh, so I don't know. Um, wh- who do they play? Uh, next week, the uh, Bengals play uh, the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. That's right. Uh, Ravens are not all that, I believe, all, all not very good against running back. So I, th- I think even if they were pretty solid, you still have faith in him to finish in anywhere in the top 24. But it's still he still hasn't been the same since those great weeks from week eight to week 12. Three yeah. straight weeks now, he's not done well. Yeah, so. Um, OK. Uh, are you ready to move on to the next one? Oh, the Ravens are eighth against the run. I, Ooh, I'm. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have a lot of faith in that. But I don't think you can bench Joe Mixon either. Yeah. So. Um, oh, come on, come on, ESPN. Sorry, I was looking something up, and they they 
we're very stupid about something. Um, let's move on to the next game, Mike. Niners Falcons, baby. Niners 31, Falcons 13. There were two different quarters that the Niners scored more points than the Falcons scored all game. I don't know how the Falcons are six and eight. They are one of the worst run teams. They're one of the worst teams I've ever seen uh, on Sunday. Like they were terrible. But first, before we get into that, let's talk about injuries. Uh, Niners did not have Elijah Mitchell in this one. He's also out for week 16. They have designated Trey Sermon to return from IR with his knee issue. Um, For the Falcons, they had everybody. Um, Josh Rosen was a uh, a healthy scratch, and that's it. Um, So uh, back to the Falcons being stupid. Um, You can look at this. You can look at the game log and figure out what the Niners did. They sold out to stop Cordell Patterson. 11 carries, 18 yards, two catches, five yards. So what's the easy thing to do? The Falcons could run play action. They did not. I don't, I, I might've missed it. I was trying to find the number of play action passes they ran. I could not, I don't remember seeing one. Maybe there were one or two, but the Niners were just focusing on Cordell Patterson. Run freaking play action. Like, Russell Gage should have had, he had eight for 91 in a touchdown off of a couple great grabs, but he should have had like 135 receiving yards. Kyle Pitts should have gone over a hundred yards, but they just don't, they don't know how to do this. They, they, I don't know why, because Arthur Smith made the Titans so good with play action passing off of Derrick Henry. And it's like the Niners sold out to stop Cordell Patterson. They said, we will let Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts beat us. And the Falcons said, no, that's okay. That's fine. Don't worry about it. They they won't beat you. And so I don't know. The Falcons are six and eight, but they are the most fraudulent six and eight I've ever seen. Do you know why they're six and eight? They beat the Giants, the Jets, the Dolphins when they were bad, the Jaguars and the Panthers. Like that's why they're six and eight. They played a lot of bad teams this year. So yeah. that's my that's my rant about the Falcons. And their offense has just been not <clears throat> good. Uh, obviously. Um, Cordell Patterson has been the only good spot in this whole entire. Mike Davis had a couple good games up until playing the 49ers. He he was looking pretty good. Um, he had two top 10, 12, the thir- uh, 20 weeks and back to back top 12 to 20 weeks. But that's ended, of course. Um, but, yeah, there's just really not much here outside of Russell Gage, um, who's been excellent um, the last, what, six weeks. Um yeah, he's uh, been good. He's been pretty good lately. Um, we last, talked about him on the show, but yeah. Right. Last four of the five weeks, he's been mm-hmm. um, top. I don't know where, you're, where he finished this week, but top was 12. Seven. seven. So three of the last four weeks, he's been in the top 12 uh, as a receiver. Um, so you yeah. Can yeah. continue to roll with him. And even that Carolina game, he wasn't disastrous. He still got you 10 PPR points. Like he was 48, yes. but he didn't kill you. Um. Uh, I'll shout him out. Kyle Pitts. He had another good game. Five for 77. This is two straight. I mean, this is damning with faint praise, but this is two straight games with uh top, uh top 12 finish in PPR for Kyle Pitts, which is kind of what you want to see going into the next season. Um, You know, four for 77, five for 61 for him to make top, not only top 12, but top 10 in PPR without scoring a touchdown. That's an indicator of skill. Like Kyle Pitts has been, Top, this is me giving Kyle Pitts a lot back. Kyle Pitts has been top 12 six times this year. He's scored one touchdown. That means five of the times he did it without a touchdown. That is an indicator of skill and usage. Okay, that's I see people putting Kyle Pitts seventh next year. Mike, that's insane. Kyle Pitts is going to be a top five tight end next year. I will put him there. And I was a guy who was saying, don't do that to Kyle Pitts' his rookie year. But Kyle Pitts has shown 
that he has the chops. And, you know, if Arthur Smith goes, you know what? I'm going to make Julio Jones. I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm going to make Kyle Pitts my AJ Brown type player. He won't have the same explosive plays as AJ Brown, but he can use him in such a way that Kyle Pitts will get a ton of targets next year. And if he's going seventh, guess what? The guy who quote unquote hated Kyle Pitts this year is going to have Kyle Pitts on like every single roster if he's tight end seven next year. Because he's easily a top five tight end for me next year. I think he is where he is right now, top five. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at his numbers. Even if you add four more touchdowns to his total, which would be 24 points, yeah, that's that's 172 points on top of the 148 he has, and that would leave him above Dalton Schultz for tight end four. Yeah, so, he's still tight end four or five regardless of even if you add four more touchdowns to his total, which is awful lot. Um, uh, so I think, yeah, tight end, tight end four or five is where he'll finish next week. Or in yeah. Next and I finally found uh, good red zone stats. Uh, I was willing to pay for them. And then I found them on fantasy pros of all places. Oh, for, no. For free. So um, so in terms of uh, targets within the five, um, he does not. He has one target. This isn't right. One target within the five. That can't be right. He should have more than that. Uh, uh, I'll wire they have it. Um, I, I can look it up for you. Because I saw he had a ton of targets. Uh, somebody tweeted it out. Uh, it's, oh, what is? Oh, it must be red zone targets. Whatever. Red zone targets are useless. Never mind. Forget I said anything. Forget I said anything. I think he's going to have a lot of targets in the end zone next year, and he's going to score lots of touchdowns. Because here's the thing. What Cordero Patterson is doing is not sustainable. So they're going to have to score no. some somehow next year and that's going to be Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah, there's no way Cordell Patterson does what he what he's doing this year. There's yeah. I think Cordell Patterson has like Kyle Pitts is a victim of Cordell Patterson's success this year. Like I honestly believe that because Cordell Patterson has just been he's been the whole offense. He's been everything. So they they Kyle Pitts isn't getting the ball around the 5 because they just give it to Cordell Patterson and let him do his thing. So, um yeah, his. I don't know if you still want that information. Yeah, but, let me get that um, info. Inside the five, he's had three targets. Okay, so oh, I think he. Okay, I think Fantasy Pros isn't updated for this week. I think that might be what it is. Um. Yeah, Rotowire has it. Um, for this week as well. Um, or last week against the 49ers. So he had one target against the 49ers inside the five. He had two against them inside the 10, two, four, five, seven total inside the 10, and three, six, eight, 10, 13 total inside the 20. All right, so there you go. So um, next year, I feel good about the uh, the uh, the Kyle Pitts bandwagon to be on that one, but um, this year, it's been a rough road. It's been a rough ride if you're on the Kyle Pitts bandwagon, but I think it'll be uh, good times ahead for his uh, uh, his acolytes. So for the Niners, Jeff Wilson Jr. dominated. Uh, whichever running back is getting the majority of the carries will be the one dominating. Um, with no Elijah Mitchell this week, it will be Jeff Wilson again against the Titans. But the Titans are a pretty good run defense. Um, so that's a little bit of a, a difficult thing for him. Um, but then he gets the, the Texans in week 17. Um, George Kittle continues to dominate. Debo Samuel was fine. Um, he had uh, 
he's doing this weird thing where they're giving him a bunch of rush attempts. Like he had six rush attempts this week, but he had uh, 89 total yards, four catches and a touchdown. So you're happy with Debo. Um, Juwan Jennings is taking away from Brandon Ayuk. Um, one for 36 in this one. Juwan Jennings is just a much bigger target. So a lot of the targets that were going uh, Brandon Ayuk's way have started to kind of shift over to uh, Juwan Jennings a little bit. Um, so that's that's a bit of a tough pill to swallow, I would say, if you're a Brandon Ayuk acolyte. But um, it's good for the Niners because Juwan Jennings is a nice big target. He's the second biggest target uh, behind George Kittle. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is using him a whole bunch. Yeah, Juwan Jennings, 6'3", wide receiver. That's big boy. That's a pretty big boy. And he uses it well. Um, he, uh, what's funny with his, um, he, he's not the, like, he was a seventh round pick for, I think he was a seventh round pick. He might've been a sixth, but he was a day three pick for a reason. Like he has some rough drops, but he's, he wears 15 and he honestly, he looks like a bigger Michael Crabtree out there. Cause Crabtree's like six one. Oh, he's, he's uh six one two fifteen and Jennings is uh six three i think he's like six three two twenty five or something two twelve uh, okay so he's a little bit that's what ESPN lists as a mouse okay so he's a little bit bigger but he just he wearing 15 reminds me of crabtree out there just uh some sure hands on some plays and some brutal drops on other ones um so and i think that right he was a seventh round pick so i think that um yeah i think that'll hurt Ayuk going forward i don't want to start him he only got two Two targets in this game, and I think the Niners will just run the ball as much as they can on Thursday. Um, yeah, he's just too not – he's not dependable. Um, I, I have a lot more faith in Ayuk if, if Debo Samuel's not there, but if Debo Samuel's on there, I just can't trust Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, and so real quick, the thing the thing that um, I said ESPN is stupid for, so the 49ers have a pass rusher, pass rusher Samson Ebukam, S-A-M – S-O-N. Uh, they have a quote from Nick Bosa where they called him Simpson and Samson. Like his name with a P. His name is Sam Son, like the like the Bible. Ebukam. Come on, ESPN. You are literally ESPN. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're literally that's, the worldwide leader in sports. That that's why that's the question I ask every single week. Or every are you doing day ESPN? ESPN. What are you doing? Well, they got to pay the people who scream a lot, a lot of money, so they can't uh, pay the uh, people who actually know what they're talking about. Talking about, yeah, any money, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, it's except Steve, for Stephen A. on for every single sport. Yeah. Yep. You know, except for my good friends at ESPN, Mina Kimes. You know. Mina Kimes is cool. Yeah, my my good friend. You know, she talked about me on her podcast. Just saying, just bringing that up. She again. did. She did, and retweeted, yeah. and um, she retweeted yeah. twice. So. Well, really, twice. Yeah. Hero yeah. over here. Actual hero. So, um, all right, let's move on to Packers Ravens 31 30 uh, for the second straight week. Um, John Harbaugh goes for it and, or it's two, two times in three weeks. He goes for it, fails to get it to win the game um, at the end of the game. Uh, so they fall uh, 31 to 30. They are eight and six. The Packers are 11 and three. A big injury in this one. No Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley did his best Jackson impression, uh, throwing for two touchdowns, rushing for two touchdowns, um, while getting 250 passing yards, 73 rushing yards. Um, that was the real only injury for the Ravens in this one. For the Packers, uh, no real injuries in this one either. Um, MVS, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, 
uh, had himself a big game, just like I, I literally said he would. And then uh, he went on COVID IR. So hopefully he can play. Um, but uh, yeah, MVS five for 98 and one. That's the Ravens pass defense. They allow the most 20 and 40 yard uh, receiving plays in the NFL. And Marcus Valdez-Scantling leads the league in dot. So that was pretty one to one. You called that too. You called that on the Friday show or which was the Thursday show. The Thursday show. I told you I was feeling good about it. I was feeling saucy. Here's the I, I, I was against you on that one. I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed Saucy. it. Saucy. All right. Uh, Mark Andrews, massive game. He's a top four, five tight end next year. Easy. Uh, he might be top three next year. We'll get in that discussion in the off season. Uh, Hollywood so Brown. Three, that. What's that? Who did you say was top three? Mark Andrews. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But we got to figure out who falls out of the top three. That I think that's going to be the rough one. I mean, it might be Darren Waller. Um, I doubt it's George Kittle, given how George Kittle's played since he, you know, he missed a couple games. He's been a beast. I mean, I doubt it's Travis Kelsey. I don't think we can drop him to four, um, given what he did this week. He had a couple down weeks, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting discussion next year. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think I have Andrews at three already. So, um, who's your top three? Kelsey. And then, um, oh, who did you name? Um, Kittle, Waller. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, K- uh, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews are yeah. my top three. I could see that. Waller might have been a product, a one-year wonder. Um, he needs a lot of volume, and they don't necessarily give him all that volume with Hunter Renfro around. And um, they'll have to replace Henry Ruggs, so we'll see what that what that offense looks like in uh, 2022. But we're not talking about the Raiders. Right? <laughs> we're talking about the Packers and the Ravens. Um if Tyler Huntley has to start this week, are you rolling him out there in a one quarterback league in your playoffs? Do you have the cajones to do that against the Bengals? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I really do. I think Tyler Huntley um, is uh, pretty, I mean, against the Packers, he, he had a good game, but it's the Packers defense. Uh, they're not 100%. I don't even know. Let's just say we're, where is the Packers defense um, against the pass? They are 28th. So there you go. Um, so it was Huntley, Lamar Jackson, any of those quarterbacks were going to look good probably if you're a betting man. Um, and I, I think he offers a floor too with his running ability. So anytime you can get a good sort of quarterback throwing the ball and someone who also is dynamic running the ball, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. In fact, I might start him over Dak Prescott this week in one of my uh, leagues that I'm still alive in. Wow. Mike loves every Ravens quarterback. You heard it here first, folks. Every single one of them. Every single one of them I love. Um, yeah. Uh, I And I and I do love Lamar Jackson. I just don't want to see him throwing the ball until he gets caught. <laughs> all right. Um Hollywood Brown, 10 for 43. Um, you like the 14 targets. You like the 10 catches, but the 43 yards. Yeah, what is that? I mean, it was it was Tyler Huntley. was He threw the ball 40 times for 215 yards, Mike. He was just dinking and dunking. That's all he was doing. Just a lot of dinks and a lot of dunks. So that's why, uh, um, you know, that's why you have this 10 for 43, uh, you know. But I would expect that out of, like, say, a Duvernay or... I don't know. Bateman is gone. Um, yeah, Bateman has just like all the hype around Rashad Bateman is just. 
And, um, I, and I think a lot of this, too, is Mark Andrews. And this is what I was actually worried about, was Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman is very much identical to Waller and Hunter Renfro. When you see one of them do a lot, Mark Andrews 10 for 136 and 2, you can pretty much bet that Rashad Bateman is going to be at the other end of that spectrum um, because they occupy the same space and mm-hmm. only one of them is going to get the ball. So, um, yeah, it's just a situation. But, you know, someone is a deep threat like Marquise Brown is to only have 4.3 yards per catch is is kind of interesting. Yeah, that's that's a rough go of it. So um, for the Packers. I'm worried about Aaron Jones, um, you know, only 13 carries in this one, two targets. Luckily, he scored a touchdown, but he's been kind of um, carried by his touchdowns recently, to be honest. You know, he had um, no touchdowns in week 12 and he was 57 running back 57 and he has three touchdowns in the last two weeks and he's been top 12 because of the touchdowns. So. Um, he only has, let's see, he had eight touches in week 14 and then 15 touches in week 15. And um, it's not like A.J. Dillon has been blowing the doors off the hinges. He only had 22 rushing yards on this one and 17 carries. So it's like, or seven carries. So it's like, I mean, are they, do you think they're preserving Aaron Jones for the playoffs? Because that's what I think is happening. And so that causes you trouble for your fantasy matchups down the stretch. I think as long as they're in the driver's seat, they can preserve Aaron Jones just because A.J. Dillon is is really a good running back. And you could count on A.J. Dillon to do the not, you know, destroy the team. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I also think that Aaron Jones has not been Aaron Jones um, the whole season. He's had great weeks. Um, he had 41 and a half points in week two. And then he's had four overall performances of inside the top 12. But a lot of that, as you mentioned, has been touchdown dependent. He he just hasn't been since really the beginning of the season where he scored 4.2 points in week one. Been the Aaron Jones that we, you know, as a top first round pick to be. Now, he hasn't completely collapsed, but it, he's not that, that guy. He's just not been that guy this year. So whether it's he's hitting that hill whether it's some kind of injury that he's dealing with, whatever it may be, he's not who we thought he would be. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, let's see. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, six for 44. Did you see the way that they were covering Devontae Adams? They had exactly. like, they had two defensive backs stacked. It was very weird. Like they had a defensive back on him, like one or two yards off the line of scrimmage. And then a guy, immediately over him like seven yards behind the line of scrimmage so if he got torched they had it was the most like bracketed bracket coverage you'll ever see because it was literally like you just hand him off to the next guy if he got torched oh wow okay so i know what they're doing there yeah it's um it's exactly that kind of situation where but it 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 doesn't it doesn't make much sense because um Devontae Adams does much of his damage uh inside like five yards. That's where he's going to um beat the press with, with his uh just fantastic route running um and those kind of things. So to I would I would actually play one not directly behind him but sort of over. So you're sort of shading him outside with the front frontal db and then shading him inside with the back db yeah uh so um 
Yeah, I think that's it for this game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers continues to roll. Um, I think that's it for this game. He's been really good in the last uh, four weeks. Um, week week 11, 37 points. Week 12, 29 points. Week 14, because they had a bye in week 13. Week 14, he had 33 points. In week 15, he's also, again, um, a top uh, five quarterback. So four straight weeks of top five performances uh, since struggling um, in, in the beginning of the season. On week one through 10, he only had one top five performance. Hmm, that's interesting. So uh, I don't know what's turned that around, but it's obviously turned the page for him. Yeah, so... Um... All right, uh, you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. All it. right, Sunday night football, nine to nothing. Oh God, uh, let's not Saints do it. beat the Buccaneers. This is five straight games where I do not want to talk about these games. Uh, so let's go fast. Taysom Hill blew it for you. Uh, yes, Alvin Kamara blew it for you. Marcus yes, Callaway, if you had to start him, he did not blow it for you. Which okay, if you're going to pick any of those three. Would you have picked Marquez Callaway? <laughs> no, Tom Brady blew it for you. Leonard yes, Fred blew it for you. Chris Godwin blew it for you and then is now out for the year. <laughs> Mike Evans blew it for you and left the game early. Gronk blew it for you. Uh, Leonard Fournette, actually, actually, I take it back. Leonard Fournette did not blow it for you. He had 67 yards on and seven catches before. The seven receptions really helped. Yeah, you. before getting hurt. This is a game where if you played players in this game and you were counting on players in this game chances are you are not in your fantasy semifinals i disdain tom brady i you guys know this i disdain tom brady because he killed the colts every single year in the playoffs except for one year and every single time he has a chance to play the colts he's always beaten up on the colts i had him um i rostered i, I started him in one of my big money leagues this week. And what does he do? He screws me once again. I cannot stand Tom Brady anymore. I, don't, I cannot even root for this guy to do well. So, you know what, Tom Brady? F you, you're out of here. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I if you had this game, it was the Saints and Buccaneers games are always weird. If you had somebody in this game, chances are you – are not in your semifinals because Taysom Hill was a guy people were relying on Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette. These are all key pieces of rosters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, Taysom Hill has been a top 12 quarterback every time he takes a snap from the center and is named the starter and does absolutely zero, zero against Buccaneers. Again, a passing defense. I mean, if you're counting on Taysom Hill to throw the ball, I feel sorry for you, but um, against this Tampa Bay defense that can't stop the run, can't stop the pass, and does, he does nothing. 33 yards on the ground, 154 yards in the air. Yeah, just yuck. Yuck all around. This game was awful. This this whole game was awful from the start to the finish to Tom Brady having a fit on the sidelines to Tom Brady cussing out the opposing coach to everything else. Uh, it was just awful all around. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, Tom Brady versus Sean Payton. It's like, oh, um, all right, can both guys lose? Because uh, it's not it's not like there's a winner in that matchup. There's not like a righteous person. No, no, exactly. They're all, yeah. Um, even, the, I don't even know, I don't know if you even want to get into it, I guess, uh, with Chris Godwin and 
um, players complaining about tackling low um, that put now Chris Godwin out for the season. I don't know. I didn't see any problem with that tackle, but um, a lot of people now are complaining about being injured because they're getting tackled below the below the knees. I mean, uh, the proof is in the pudding there. I mean, like you said, he's out for the season, but it's a it's a. Uh, but would you consider it dirty? No. Not really. So neither do I. I did not think that tackle was dirty at all. I think he was, you know, it was just a fluke thing that happens. I mean, Don Beebe flew up in the air and landed straight down on his head like someone just pile-drived him on his head. Are we going to consider that a dirty play? Um, We've had Dan Marino do a helicopter um, being hit and spinning around three or four revolutions. Are we going to consider that a dirty hit? You know, I mean, I don't know. It's some of these things you don't want. You don't want Chris Godwin to go out for the year. These are important players for the NFL and important players for our fantasy teams. But I think there's a dividing line between a dirty hit and something that just is football. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what it is. So it, it's it's just football. Like like uh, there was a play this weekend where um, on the, at the Niners game where uh, Jaquaski Tart completely clean hit just upended Russell Gage and nobody's talking about how that was a, a dirty play because Russell Gage didn't get hurt. Right. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and um, I mean that's it. Uh, yeah. Leonard Fournette is is out. Um, Lev Bell's in. We'll talk about that on the Friday show. But I, I oh, goodness, God. yeah, <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, good for him. I'm glad he can play on a team that he's going to play one or two games and then do nothing and then get rid of. Yeah. So, um, all right. Let's talk about Raiders Browns. Uh, the game that I was literally getting. I thought this game started at three Pacific. It started at two. So I was literally getting my COVID shot when this game started. 16-14. Uh, uh, both teams are seven and seven. Raiders went on a last second field goal from Daniel Carlson. Uh, Nick Mullen started for the Browns. That's all you need to know for their passing game. Uh, he Nick wasn't Ch- too bad, actually. He wasn't. He, what, 30 pass attempts, 147 pass yards. Well, yeah, I mean, but he he. He he was he made a lot of good passes. Um, I I think I marked him down for two money throws. Um, he wasn't bad. He really I mean four point nine per average is not what you want to see out of your quarterback. Of course that's a lot of dink and dunk, but he did have a lot of good good passes. He didn't he didn't well let me put it this way he didn't nick Mullins for you. He didn't you know <laughs> you're you're not calling for a Mullen after uh, after that performance. Yeah. So. Um... A Mullins, a Mullins again? Mullins a Mullins again. again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you started Nick Chubb, you're happy with Nick Chubb. You're not happy with anything else. But if you started anything else in this game, you deserve to be upset. Because no uh, no Kareem Hunt due to injury, and Donovan Peoples-Jones was their leading target getter. So if you started any other Brown in this game, you're upset and you deserve to be. I mean, you, you, know don't, de- you don't deserve to be because you shouldn't have been starting him. That's what I meant to say. You know how bad it's been for the Browns in the passing and receiving game? At this point, Donovan Peoples-Jones is their leading receiving yards guy. Disgusting. I mean, you can't get any worse than that. Oh, man, that's bad. Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. Um, so, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I saw a question 
on Twitter, and I'm I'm curious what your thoughts on this is. Josh Jacobs, 15 for 52, three for 42 in the air. What does Josh Jacobs do at an above average level from week to week? At an above average level, um, nothing. I mean, he's a he's an average. He's an RB two. That's about it. I don't know if that's considered above average. I was watching Peyton Barber in this game, and more than once I thought it, I was like, "Oh, that's a good run by Josh Jacobs." I was like, "That's ah, Peyton Barber." <laughs> when you can't tell the difference between Josh Jacobs and Peyton Barber, that is bad for Josh Jacobs. That is really bad for Josh Jacobs, and I, I got caught in that too because I was like, "Oh, look at him go!" Oh, no, never mind. That's Peyton Barber. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's that that's a pretty wild uh wild thing to uh to realize is that Josh Jacobs is, is a pure volume play, and he was a good pass catcher, but for some reason they keep bringing in other guys to catch passes. So hopefully maybe the next head coach. Uh, can use him as a pass catcher because he was a pretty good one in college. They just haven't utilized that in the NFL. Um, you could see him take a step forward if they try to use that more, but I don't know. I'm not feeling good about Josh Jacobs next year. I'm not, it, I have it stuck in my craw. I'm not, I'm not feeling great about Josh Jacobs for 2022. I, I, I think it depends on where you can get him. Um, yeah. He hasn't done anything exciting outside of having back-to-back top 12 weeks um, yeah. in week 12 and 13. So, he is very much a sort of a dead zone running back, but he's going to, he's going to return more um, return on value than a dead zone running back. So if I'm, I'm feeling good. If it's RB 20 out there and he's still there and I need a running back, I'm going to go Josh Jacobs. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like RB 18 to 22. Like that's, that's where he lives most weeks. And he was RB 18 this week. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, I, I just, it's the consistency that's there. You don't yeah. see that among the other dead zone running backs. You don't see that among CEH or any other uh, dead zone running back. You don't find the consistency that Josh Jacobs delivers for you. Yeah, so I'm looking. I'm trying to find. Oh, fantasy football. Oh, I know. Uh, four for four will give me ADP. I was trying to find ADP data for him for this year. So four for four running back Jacobs running back 19. So if you can get him, like he's going somewhere between the 59th pick and the uh, 35th pick. If I got him with the 35th pick, I'd be pissed. But getting him with the 59th pick, I'd be okay with that. So, you know, that's that's kind of where it comes down. And it's funny because um, we talk about the consistency. The places where he's going, like around pick 55 to 60, are underdog and BB10s, uh, best ball leagues. Because there's no point in having a Josh Jacobs in a best ball league. Like you can just have a bunch yeah. of upside guys and try to find a, you know, hopefully you can cobble it together. So, um, no, yeah. Best ball league. He's, he's just someone that is, he's not going to boom for you. He's not going to, um, uh, be a top three or four guy, uh, where CH is possible for those, those really huge weeks. So if I'm looking at best ball, I'm definitely taking CH over Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So there you go. Um, wow. That's, that's, I mean, Josh Jacobs was, oh, CEH was above Josh Jacobs this year. Okay. So, but that's, that's kind of solidified itself um, because of those boom weeks from CEH. But um, Zay Jones had a big game. Who cares? Foster Moreau, seven for 65. Take that for data. Tight end seven on the week. Take that Frank. It only took uh, being way wrong last week for us to be way right this week. Um. 
All right. Oh, Julio Jones does not have an injury designation. So um, we mentioned that earlier. Oh, God. Brandon Cooks is on the COVID list. Oh, no. Mike. Oh, this kills all my teams. All my teams. I have I'm in 15 leagues this year. I think I have them in 11. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this kills all my teams. Oh, boy. Um, Hunter Renfro had a bad game, but he'll bounce back. Uh, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Let's talk about the other Monday night game. How's that sound? Yeah, even though this was a, a good game, this wasn't a very statistical good game for any of those starters out there. Yeah, so. Vikings. Yeah, let's talk about Vikings Bears, Mike. Uh, Vikings yeah. went 17 to nine. Um, injuries in this one. Uh, Justin Fields has an ankle injury from this game. Uh, they're kind of holding him out on practice. Uh, Marquise Goodwin was inactive. Um, Allen Robinson might as well have been inactive. Um, <laughs> Alexander Madison uh, was on the COVID list and he missed the game. Um, Adam Thielen was inactive because of all this COVID stuff. I'm literally just going through Roto world and reading the updates now because I don't want to miss anything. Um, in this game, Kirk cousins was a decent start. Dalvin cook was a decent start. Um, not a great start. He only had 91 total yards, two catches, no touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson, not a great start, but he got that touchdown to save your day. Uh, Justin Fields, not great. David Montgomery, fine. Uh, ended up with 83 total yards, five catches saved him. Darnell Mooney, five for 63. Was Allen Robinson active for this game, Mike? Was he? That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, Daz Newsom even got a target. I don't know why. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, I don't think he was active. Yeah, he has no snaps on Pro Football Reference for this game. So, um, so okay, so no Allen Robinson. Let me ask you this because. Uh, nothing that happened in this game is going to change next week. You're still going to start Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. You're still going to start David Montgomery as a running back, too. Um, Cole Komet has reached his way into that streaming tight end conversation. Darnell Mooney is a must start in a three wide receiver league. But here's my question. What does Allen Robinson's contract this offseason look like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Probably. I'm thinking he gets the Will Fuller special one for ten. The pillow contract, as they call it in baseball. The... They call it a pill. Uh, he's a, he's a free agent. They can't. Oh, that's right. He's a, he's on that one yeah. year deal. Yeah, he's on the franchise tag. So I'm thinking he gets a pillow contract, one year, ten million, maybe five guaranteed, the other five in incentives, and um, he rebuilds his value. But I mean, Allen Robinson has just Darnell Mooney took this job from him, and he's only 28, Mike. He's going to turn 29 like three days be- or like three weeks before the season next year. Yeah, I, I could. Yeah, there's um, these are these are the exact reasons why uh, players hate transition tags, because they can have years like this where they show nothing and or get hurt and show nothing. And it's it's very risky for these players to to be designated these transition tags. Uh, yeah, I, I, I it depends on what happens, but. I, I still believe Allen Robinson has a lot in the tank. He's just hasn't, it's just not been his season at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's dealt with a rookie quarterback, Andy Dalton, Matt Nagy, injuries. Yep. It's, it's just so much. Exactly. So, yeah, he'll get something. He'll get like a one year prove it deal kind of situation. Yeah. So, um, was did you see the last play of the game? Yes, that was the most ridiculous call I've ever seen from an official to make in my life. 
the also yeah i mean that was clearly a touchdown and they're like no it wasn't because he landed in bounds like that's not how this works right exactly. Uh, or he landed at like the one that's not how this works two that was the most garbage time touchdown of all garbage time touchdowns that has ever existed like <laughs> literally as time expires you're down 17 to 3 they don't even kick the point after it's like this that, that touchdown did not matter and the bears do not matter and i do not want to talk about them anymore yeah, I like Justin Fields, though. Justin Fields is going to look like a real deal. He'll, um, I think he's only gotten better since since he's been the starter, and the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, so I, I am looking for Justin Fields to be one of those guys that you can get probably later in your draft just because he's not exploded, but is is going to be someone that you could probably win with. Um, he's more to, He's more than a streaming quarterback to me going into next year. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to the next one then Seahawks Rams. Uh, they, the NFL is so stupid. Um, putting both these games on at the same time, like everybody's mad at what you. What was that? I was so angry with that. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's so stupid. Like, I don't understand what they're, what they're doing here. Like, like, if you're going to, everybody's mad at you for this COVID stuff, put them at, why start one game at four local and one game at seven local? Start them both at five local. Everybody's happy. Exactly. And, and yeah, or have, do what you did with Monday Night Football. Um, I mean, that's revenue, you know? It's like, okay, why, I don't, I didn't understand that. I made zero sense to me. Yeah. So, um, or start them um, earlier if you're worried about, you know, being a Tuesday game and a shortened week or whatever, then start them earlier in the day. Or I, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't mean, I don't, or later in, I don't know, whatever. Whatever. I, I didn't understand it. I still don't. I think it was stupid. Yeah. Um, it was very dumb. So let's start with Seahawks Rams. Uh, Rams 20, Seahawks 10. Seahawks are circling the drain. Um, Gerald Everett, four for 60. Um, DK Metcalf, six for 52, um, which is not what you want from DK Metcalf, especially with no Tyler Lockett in this game because of COVID protocols. But um, here's the thing. That was his, he was wide receiver 26 on the week with that line. That's his best game since their bye. Yep, since week eight, where he was the top 12 um, yeah. wide receiver, but he has not hit. Uh, oh, he did hit 11 points in week 13, but other than that, it's been single-digit points uh, with or without uh, Tyler Lockett in the lineup. It's just been, um, yeah, this was the first week without Tyler Lockett, but it's, yeah, it's just been awful, really. Um, they very much look like they did with... Uh, with what was it um carolina last year with dj Moore and robbie anderson um where dk metcalf is getting the points or it's tyler lockett getting the points both of them together only one week did they finish um inside the top 24 together that Uh, was week, week eight where they both finished in the top 12 so outside of that it's been one or the other so, um, yeah, it's it's just a nightmare uh, for the Seahawks. I mean, do you want to start uh, DK Metcalf next week? He's got uh, the Bears and the Lions the next two weeks. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with the Bears and Lions. I'm not okay. I mean, the Rams, he had Jalen Ramsey matchup, so 
there's definitely a reason why. I mean, six for 52 against Jalen Ramsey is not too bad. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not excited about DK Metcalf at this point. Um, but I will against that, those horrible defenses. So, um, uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about the Rams. They are very good. Uh, Daryl Henderson only had six carries. Um, that's not good. Sony Michelle has kind of done what Cam Akers did last year, where he got the starting job and then ran with it. Um, and, uh, you know, Daryl Henderson coming off the injuries and stuff, um, that, uh, it's, it's hard to trust him going forward. I mean, I don't, I don't know the Rams get, let's see, the Rams get the Vikings and the Ravens the next couple of weeks. Do you want to start Daryl Henderson or are we transitioning this over to Sony Michelle? I, I think with Daryl Henderson coming back, it was sort of on a limited basis, but, uh, he, he just got, got off COVID. So. You, re- you really want to use Sony Michelle more, and they did to three times as many carries as uh, with Sony Michelle. Um, so Michelle had 18, Daryl Henderson had six, uh, and Michelle did a lot more with him. He had that long of 39 yards, but it's yeah, I I think Daryl Henderson, you're going to see sort of a, a transition sometime. We just don't know when. So since we don't know when, it's kind of hard to go. Okay, this is the guy. So. I have to see it, but we don't really have time to see it. So uh, you only have two weeks left. Um, It's just going to come down to how risk averse you are. I do believe Daryl Henderson is the number one guy on this team. It's just how he's feeling up to that date of the start. If he's hurt, if he's dealing with still COVID symptoms as far as, you know, having to breathe and those kind of things, then you're out of luck. But if he's okay, then you're going to benefit. Yeah. So um, Cooper Cup continues to dominate. Um, he's on pace to break the receiving yards record. He's amazing. I don't know. I mean, we all were all up about Cooper Cup being, what was that, a wide receiver 18 at ADP? And we're like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is way too low for yeah. Cooper Cup. We were, we were all excited about Cooper Cup. I don't think any of us expected top three or top two, uh, top one Cooper Cup. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, you know, even even I don't think Cooper Cup even expected to be the number one wide receiver this year. I laughed when in my home league when Cooper Cup was chosen over Chris Godwin. Um, And and I I know the reasons because the dude just picks New England, California and uh, Tampa Bay players. He can't choose outside of that. So he was like, "Okay, what 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 L.A. player hasn't been chosen yet? Oh, Cooper Cup is available. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, but uh, I laughed when Cooper Cup was selected over Chris Godwin. I am not laughing anymore. Um, that was just, he's just been amazing. Yeah. Um, so, I, th- I mean, I'm trying to think here. Odo Beckham had himself a bad game. Um, this was a rough game all around, I think, was the problem. Was the sea so the Seahawks? It's an NFC West game. The Seahawks and the Rams kind of always play each other close. Um, so I think better things are ahead for the for the Rams passing game. Um, we'll get Walker's opinion, but I'm curious what you think about Odell Beckham over the next couple of weeks again against the Vikings and the Ravens. Maybe against the Vikings, I kind of like it, but Odell Beck. I mean, Odell Beckham is a touchdown guy completely. Uh, he had a pretty good week last week where he didn't have to just rely on the touchdowns, but um 
out of the last four weeks, he's been in the top 12 once, but only 19 points. And six of those were a touchdown. So it's, yeah, I, I, he's, he's one of those very much of a boomer bust player. Um, I, I like that opportunity against Vikings, not, not the following week. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's, uh, I think that's it. There's not much to talk about in this game. Uh, Rashad Penny, not great. I don't want to start a Seahawk. Like, that's it. And I want to start a Ram if I can. I don't know. Yeah, I'm running it, out of steam because this game was bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Rashad Penny, depending on the matchup, is not too bad. Uh, Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson um, are pretty good plays. Daryl Henderson, if he's healthy. Or if Sony Michelle has a backfield to himself. Okay, sounds good. So let's get on to the last game. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, so Washington and Philadelphia. Uh, Jalen Hurts continues to be good for fantasy. Uh, 296, three touchdowns, including two rushing. Uh, kicked in 38 rushing yards. Uh, Miles Sanders, they finally gave him the ball, and he finally produced. How about that? 18 for 131. Turns out when you give your best uh, running back lots of touches, he does well. But they're still the Eagles, so Jordan Howard had 15 carries for no good reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dallas Goddard, 7 for 135, killed it. Devonta Smith had an injury. He came up hobbled about halfway through the game. Um, so he only had five targets in this one. Um, here's what I think. I think Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard must start. Miles Sanders probably a start going forward, and that's it for the Eagles. Yeah, unless Devontae Smith is healthy. Um, if he's not, then forget about it. But, yeah, pretty much. I think that's, yeah, accurate. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's it. That, it's funny, as we get towards the end of the year, it's like things are very, um, very solidified at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless there's an injury or something, we pretty much know the story. Yeah, so um all right, let's uh let's talk about Washington. Antonio Gibson, 15 carries. Did almost nothing with it, but he scored a touchdown. But he was saved by six receptions for 39 yards. I mean, they had to start Garrett Gilbert, Mike. It's <laughs> so many things this week. It's like I don't think this is worth talking about um because it's Garrett Gilbert. And so many things it's like, yeah, it's it's you know, it's Mike Glennon. It's it's Garrett Gilbert. It's um, you know, it's Ben Skoranek for the Rams got a bunch of t- carry, or touches. It's just like so many bad players at the end of the year that don't matter. Yeah, exactly. Well, COVID really has wrecked all of that fun for us. But uh, yeah, I mean, Garrett Gilbert is not terrific. Uh, none of these guys, um, as you mentioned, are terrific. None of them are going to be starters next year. They're just starting now because they have to. They're just patching the game together. Yeah, exactly. Um, you need a starting quarterback. Uh, Garrett Gilbert can be a starting quarterback. So can he, though? Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> I mean, can he, though? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Cowboys uh, went to Ben DiNucci before him last year. As far as far as um, a starting quarterback can be, uh, they're going to go with Gilbert over Mike Valverde. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, man. Um all right, I think that's it. This is such a dumb week. I hate this week. I hope everybody comes off of COVID and we have something to talk about in tomorrow. 
Tomorrow, Mike. We have to do this again tomorrow. All this COVID nonsense. I'm mad. We'll be back. To, we'll be back on. We'll <laughs> record tomorrow, but we'll po- it'll be posted on Friday on Christmas Eve. So, uh, Mike, do you have anything to add? No, Terry McLaurin sucks. Other than that, we can move on. Oh yeah, Terry McLaurin. We're gonna have a big conversation about him for Week 16. Don't you worry. Oh good. I'm looking yeah. for it. Yeah, so, all right, for Mike, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. As of 16 seconds ago, uh, Lamar Jackson once again did not practice today with his ankle injury. Good luck, everybody. Enjoy week 16. Bye. Bye.